All right, guys, both of you. We're not playing the game this episode. We're changing it up just a smidge. A little bit. It's going to be game related. I do want to start it off with a PSA, though. Um, that PSA is, unless you're Curtis, don't respond to one of us asking your opinions on a show with, I've never watched it. <laughs> a lot of people still do it. It's it the weirdest so form of narcissism I've ever come across. You just go, man, he asked me directly. I need to respond, even though I've never watched this. I've just, and it happens to Justin more than anybody. Curtis, I know, does it because he's trolling us. It's fine. I love it. It's great. I've done it to him. Yeah. But everyone, <laughs> if you, and I'm not, all I'm saying is if you haven't watched it, just say something maybe like, no need. <laughs> wor- best ca- or worst case scenario, say, Oh, maybe I should watch this. Say that. Fine. Whatever. But just the fact that people feel the need to just go, I have never watched this when you asked for people who have seen its opinions on it. Honestly, I feel like it's only on Jastin's that it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I found it. I find it weird that I randomly get people that'll like my status when I ask for opinions. They don't fucking give one. No, no, no. But they'll like it. Like, yeah. hey guys, what are your thoughts on season four? Like, are you just saying you liked the season? <laughs> and if so, could you maybe give me some more details? Something? I mean, I will, I'll do that for you guys, but it's because I'm not supposed to give you my thoughts on there. That's the only reason. See, that's fair. Because we know we're getting your opinion. On yeah. said episode. But there's people will be like, like, give me an opinion. I'm asking for your opinions. That's the only time I care about other people's opinions. Other than that, I don't give a fuck what people thought. And they'll fucking tell me anyway. But when I ask for them, no, no, no. God forbid they fucking give their opinion then. It's just weird. It's weird behavior. I'm fine if you don't want to give me your opinion. That's fair. That's a valid, like, you know, reaction to it. But to just like the post and then not type a damn thing. Weird. Just weird. Not as weird as telling Justin that you haven't watched the show when he's asking your thoughts on it. Do they think that you wrote it on their wall? Do they see that and go, man, Justin asked me this question. That's funny because that's how that's how some of them react. And I'm like, and then and I mean it's so funny because they'll just put, I have not seen a single episode. And that's it. That's it. Nothing further, nothing more, nothing like I plan on watching it. Nothing. Or would you recommend the show? Nothing. Just I haven't watched a single episode. Done. I'm like, what can I? do with that you saw at the at the top of the post right that i put i need opinions on it the only time it's really acceptable is if it like is important to the question like am i the only person that hasn't seen this like something like that if somebody says it like that makes more sense but otherwise it's like it's not contributing anything to the conversation 
No, you're right. Cause that is the only context in which that's appropriate. Because yeah, even if like, you ask like, Hey, has yeah. anyone else watched this? It's still not a good response. Like it still right. helps none. Or if it was like a, for example, like end game or something. And someone's like, everyone in the world has seen this, right? And then someone's like, actually, no, I haven't. That kind of would work, but it who's would, but ask I that still question? feel like you're being a narcissistic asshole in that regard. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like you're one of those people that's just like, I'm too good to watch that. I mean, and that that's a fair thing. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm not saying everybody that does that does that. It's just that's how I feel those people are acting. <laughs> so. I'm just throwing that out there that if you haven't watched it, Hey, save yourself some finger movements. It's not necessary. Just come back later. If you just want to hear other people's opinions, like, you know, if that's what it is, just come back when there's other people already giving their opinions. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I don't understand that, that compulsion do you think if, do you wonder if people ever do it like on yours, Justin? Cause you tend to get a lot of comments if they're doing it so that like they're seeing when people are making comments on it and they know to like go and look at it. <laughs> like they're just leaving the comment because then it notifies you when somebody else comments on a post. You know what I mean? That's an interesting thought. I could see some of them maybe doing that. But I wonder if it's they still more should along put it differently. Of, like, I can't wait to hear what people say. Like, say something like that instead. Yeah, yeah. But like, and and I wonder if some. But sometimes it kind of feels like because Stranger Things is a really popular thing. It's trending. People are talking about it. And I wonder if people who haven't seen it, they kind of. Excuse me. They kind of uh, feel the need to be like. Well, I haven't seen it. You know, it, it feels. Sorry, dang, my throat just got. You can't all even fathom up. somebody not watching. Yeah, it. I can't. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> but it, well, but it still comes to what Sterling was saying about it. it's a very kind of narcissistic thing or very kind of pretentious thing. It can come across that way. Not saying any one specific came across that way, but it can come across that way if you do that. Yeah, it's like. No, I haven't seen it. And that's okay that I haven't seen it. You know, it's almost like, and I've seen that like posts like that, like people kind of hating on people who enjoyed the season. And it's like, that's like a trending thing. Like there are just people that when something is popular, they're just determined not to like it or say, I don't care. You know, kind of like the one I think, did you post about? Grindelwald or one of those or Dumbledore Secrets of Dumbledore and someone's like I haven't seen any of the Harry Potter movies but that's okay like whatever it was that they said and you're just like why why did you make this comment and why does that make you cool like it was super weird yeah no offense love all our fans but I'm just saying that was weird well the thing is is I don't even think some of these people are fans because this is the first time I've brought it up (laughs) It's very, very true. You know what? You're right. You're right about that. Because that that's the thing is I know that's why Curtis does that. Because I've called people out for it. So Curtis is like, I'll be that asshole. I know why Curtis does it. I respect his game for it. But 
just the the whole like I'm too cool to watch a show thing. That's so fucking 2004, dude. Like it's a character trait. Yeah, I think it's, you said that last we're time. We're past that shit. Like I, yeah. I I think the best way to talk about it is when Britta from Community at one point they were talking about some show, and at the time it was a Game of Thrones ripoff type of thing. They just couldn't talk about Game of Thrones. They do later, but at the time they couldn't. And she was like, oh, I can watch that show show now because not watching it is no longer a statement. And I kind of feel like it's that same mentality that like, you know, if people not watching Game of Thrones or not watching Stranger Things because they're popular, then it's a statement to them. They're like, oh, this is who I am. Character trait. And it's, it's just, that's, that's not a thing anymore. There's so much shit out there. There's so much content out there. That's not a statement anymore. Like I can make the same type of fucking dumbass jokes about some show you like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like a fandom is a fandom at this point. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you like D and D you like fantasy football. Guess what? They're the same fucking thing when you boil it down. It's the same thing. You're fucking nerding out about the same type of bullshit. Numbers and stats and blah, blah, blah. It's the same shit. Who cares now? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, you're not cool if you play fantasy football now. And I'm not knocking anybody. I play fantasy football. It's fun. I'm just saying you're not cool if you play it. Just like you're not uncool if you play D&D now. Because you've got people like Joe Magliano being all fucking re- ripped beefcake man D&D dungeon in his room or in his house fuckers married to Sophia Ver- uh, Vergara D&D dungeon yeah it's not uncool to play D&D now just like it's not cool to play fantasy football it's all just shit people do it's fine like I don't know. It's just one of those things. I just, I just don't understand that urge. I feel like I did when I was in high school. Like when I was just a fucking immature little kid. Yeah. Of course did shit like that all the time. But like, haven't we grown as a society? I just don't understand it anymore. So that's that. That's that PSA. That's a good one. That was, um, there was a reason for that. So approve. But with that, let's kind of go into a version of the game. You have to try really hard to not get a point on this one. You have to try so hard Mm. to not get a point. Uh, Justin, what would be your song to escape from Vecna? Actually, it would probably be a Metallica song. Unforgiven 2. I got it. (laughs) No, not that one. I knew you were going to say that, you bastard. That song is terrible. Anyway, it would be um, Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. That's a great song. That's my favorite Metallica song. So, yeah. See, that's such a weird, like, song choice. I'm not saying you don't get a point for it, but I'm just saying it's such a weird one because, like, it's it's weird that that would get you into the mentality to escape 
Vecna's grasp, which is essentially making you feel like nothing really matters. True, but the song is about trusting in who you are, you know, you know. I don't care about what other people think, blah, blah, blah. You got to trust in who you are and nothing else matters. I don't fucking listen to Metallica, Jastin. I'm just like those people. I'm just like those people on your fucking post. I don't listen to that shit. That's that's insane, dude. That's that's a shame. All I know is they need to go back to their fucking St. Anger days when they were good. Oh, stop it. Just stop now. I answered the question, damn it. This you is did. not going to be a Metallica beatdown session because they're one of the greatest. <laughs> that'll come. That'll come time. later in the episode. That'll come later. I've got it ready. We'll talk about that fucking garbage. Heather, what about you? What song would help <laughs> you escape Vecna? It's tough. Like I have two that I'm thinking of. The nope. first. Nope. You get one. one. It's kind of on the nose, but it legitimately probably would be. It's this song by uh, this band named Reliant K. It's called Be My Escape. It's but it's it's a really good song because it like kind of like builds up this really good momentum in it at one point. And there. Yeah, it's I would probably choose that one. That is really on the nose, right? I didn't even mean for that, but I was like, oh, yeah, that actually matches really well. I've thought long and hard about this. Mm. It'd have to be the seed 2.0 by the roots. Okay. I don't know why. Just it's gotta be that song. Unless see, I get two because I'm special. Unless I needed to escape to fight Vecna. Then it'd be uh, coming to break you off by the roots. That song is tight. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Clarification point. So if it was, if it would be a song that I do think you would approve of as my second one, can I at least tell you what it is? Fine. Let's gamble my your runner point. Up would be? Let's gamble your point. Let's see. It would be Kelly Clarkson war paint. Yep. You lost a point. How did I lose? Oh, cause I should have picked that one first. No, you should have just kept with the rules of the game. No, I'm not saying, I'm just saying I wanted to tell you my runner-up option. Okay, fine. Oh, man. You're going to make her lose a point on an unlosable game? I said you had to try real hard, and I warned her, too. She's gambling her point. Heather. It wasn't my choice. I'm just saying it would have been a runner-up option. But it was your choice to gamble. I don't know. I don't know why you want to gamble the points, Heather. Do you want a chance to redeem your point and just make sure, like, sure. solidify, like, like, start it all over? Heather, what song would you choose to escape Vecna? I'm going to choose Be My Escape by Reliant K, and that's all I have to say. You are extremely hostile right now. I don't know if that helped you escape. You sound so angry. Well, I would have to be a little aggressive with it if I'm fighting Vecna, you know, I got to get in the mindset. Just so hostile. Heather, this is a fun, joyous time. No need to be angry. No, I'm just, I'm getting in game mode, you know. It's Vecna, you know. I gotta be ready. I see, I see. Also, speaking of the, um, that question, 
like I've been watching some of like the interviews of people like from the cast and they like ask that question to everybody. <laughs> One of, I think the guy who plays Vecna actually said uh, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> and then the guy, um, the guy who plays Eddie, I think he said some like Vanga Boys song. And I was like, this is curious, but it's kind of funny. I don't know. See, I feel like those would do it, though. They sound so happy. I don't even know how running up a hill gets you unalived by or un- unalived by Vecna. It's a weirdly depressing song. It is a good one, but yeah, it is a little depressing. But I don't know. I guess it worked for Max. Can't mm-hmm. can't say anything about it now. Anyway, know what song should that both of you should have said? This song right here. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with Stranger Things Season 4, brought to you by Netflix. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description in your podcast player or in YouTube to help you jump around if you so require. And with all that, Heather, wait on Justin. I'm just kidding. Heather, what are your spoiler free thoughts on stranger things season four? Um, Oh man, there's so much to say, so I can't wait till we get to spoilers, but, um, I honestly, I really, really enjoyed this season. I think it was really, um, I guess ambitious is the word I would use. I think it, um, it really, it had for me, I think it had some of the most memorable, like epic moments of the entire show this season. Um, and it was multiple. There was more than one. Like they just had so many really excellent standout, like scenes and moments in this, this season. And it was really, really cool. And um, I also think that every one of the cast members, the kids especially, um, brought something extra special to their performances this season. I mean, literally all of them. Like, I think everybody in the cast in general, not even just the kids, I think everybody, all of the characters did get at least one moment to really shine this season. Like, all of them. I can't think of one person that didn't have at least one moment where they were shining at one point this season. And I think that's really cool, which is really, I think, hard to do with such a big cast of like main characters. But I think they just, I really liked that they allowed for everybody to really kind of have that moment this season. Um, even characters that I don't normally see that from, um, I think that this season allowed me to actually feel a little bit more 
something towards those characters that I normally don't because of certain things they do this season. And I think that's really good, I guess, character development and writing for the show of that. And um, I mean, I really, I know we'll get into it, but man, like, I think that Sadie Sink was just exceptional this season. Um, who plays Max? I think she's exceptional this season. I think she just, everything she does is so, she was really not even like a top three character for me before this season. And now she's, she's up there. She's so great. And she, everything she does, her story arc this season, her character development, like just everything she does is so fantastic this season. All of them have those moments. Uh, Dustin has a moment like that. Lucas has a moment like that. Um, Will has a moment like that. Everybody has that. And, but I don't know what it was. I think just Max was so great this season. Um, and I also think that at least for me, one of the, one of the best episodes of this entire show, I think is from this season. So I don't know. I think all of those, all of those things added up. It's just, it's still really great. Like it, it goes in so many crazy directions um, you know, it's got multiple storylines happening at the same time. Um, of course, it has plot holes. It's not a perfect season. It's not a perfect show. There are things, obviously, I wish that they would have done differently or maybe even better or gone a different direction with certain things. But none of it was enough to really take me out of enjoying any of the show. So um, and I think that that's a pretty impressive thing to do with how ambitious they wanted to be this season with what they were telling with the story. I mean, they have some pretty good twists in this that I actually didn't see coming that I think really worked for what they did. So yeah, I think they they did a lot of things right this season. Again, not perfect, but they did a lot of things right. And it's really for me, I mean, I like every season of it, but this is going to be definitely a, one of the most memorable seasons for me. Um, and if I'm going to go back and, you know, watch the show at all, this season's going to be the one that I'm going to rewatch probably just for some of the most incredible moments that they have in the show. So, yeah, I really, I, I think they did a great job. I always enjoy the, the storytelling aspects of it. I always enjoy the different dynamics and seeing who they're going to team up together every season. They mostly nail it with that. I think this year it was a little bit, um, missing in some ways with that but for the most part I think they teamed up the right people like they usually do and just seeing their riffs and their dynamics with each other is always super fun um you know it's definitely a darker season a lot more (laughs) dark stuff happens this season but it works um the progression of what they do throughout the rest of the show you know leading up to the season it makes sense and it's not completely unexpected there are some things also that are quite predictable, some things, you know, that you don't see coming. But yeah, in general, like I was very entertained by it. I was very intrigued. I was super invested in it. So I think it was a really, really good season overall. Justin, what about you? All right. So kind of in a interesting place after I watched this season. Um, I don't think that it's the best season. I still think that that's probably season one, which was probably just almost just a perfect season of 
television. It's, it's really just going to be hard to beat one because it was so new and just um, it was almost just a perfect kind of story with us trying to figure it all out, what was going on. But this one, I think, might be my favorite one, though, because there was because there were just a lot of things that I really liked in this. A lot of the characters that I care about, I felt like they got to shine in this and got um, a little more focused with their story. So I really enjoyed this. There are some just like what Heather was saying, there are just some memorable moments in this season that were just very effective. Um, probably some, arguably some of the most memorable moments they've had in the show. Um, the villain in this is a game changer for this series. I think that the villain, what that winds up being without trying to say anything about it, I think what that winds up being and the relationship that the villain has to the characters and the story of it and everything like that, how it ties into what we've been seeing this whole time in relation to the upside down, I think was definitely something that this series needed. I think that might've been something that was lacking in earlier seasons, but you know, was sort of made clear in this. And I think it really helped this a lot. Like, I think, you know, this will be a memorable season for that alone. But then there are other reasons why uh, it's really good. Uh, Max is one of my favorite characters. So I was very happy that that character got to be one of the central points of this season. And that whole story and everything that was going on and all the symbolism in that and the messages in that, I just really enjoyed everything with Max's journey. Um, But they found a way um, to make Eleven's journey more interesting, too, I thought. You know, they, they did some things in this season that I thought kind of added another layer to that character that I didn't know about. So I thought that that was good, too. Um. And then there are just things that you really like about this season that just has to do with the other minor characters, like Stephen Robin. I love Stephen Robin. I love that tandem. I like the friends that they are. I like the people that they are. Um, the whole dynamic of them being able to be sort of honest with each other. And they kind of have that honest friendship, but then, but you can tell that around others and everything else that's going on, they can't always be who they are or tell how they really feel. But with each other, they have that. And I really liked their dynamic in season three. And I think they expounded more on that in this. And so I enjoyed all of that. You know, Um, some of my favorite parts was just, their interactions and then when Nancy is in the mix and stuff, all of that, I just loved all of that. Uh, there are some portions of this where some things kind of felt a little like not off the wall. I don't know if that's the right word, but there were some elements of this. There were some arcs and there were some stories where I felt like 
it felt completely like far left of everything else that the other characters were doing. So I wonder, and I don't know if it all came together perfectly at the end for me. Um, that's about as much as I can say about it without saying anything. And I'll expand a little more on that in the spoilers. Um, and I do think that at the end of it, while the ending was satisfying enough and it leaves you anticipating the next season, I mean, big time leaves you anticipating the next season. So it did its job there. There are some decisions that they made. And I feel that if they had made a couple of better decisions, this could have been the best season of Stranger Things. But I think it was a couple of decisions away from unfortunately not being that. But if they can, but if they make these decisions in season five, if they do some of these things, that I'm sure we'll expound on, because I imagine y'all might feel the same way about certain things. Maybe season five has a chance to really go out with a bang. But yeah, that that's about as much as I think I can say with the spoilers. But no, um, th- this, is th- uh, this will definitely go down as one of my favorite seasons. But unfortunately, it, it it's not the best season. But I personally really enjoyed this a lot. I, I echo that for sure. Yeah. This is the longest season of television ever. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> it's so long. Like, and the way they split it up, I understand that they had to wait on the last two episodes because they had all the special effects they had to do and all this other stuff. Apparently just the final episode of, of this season had more special effect shots in it than the entirety of season three. So, you know, they had all this work they had to do with it. They split it in a dumb way though. You don't go, man, you're going to get a part one and part two, seven episodes and two episodes. Kind of fucking math is that? Like, they sh- honestly, they should have, if they were still going to do weird oblong types of fucking things, they should have ended part one on C- uh, episode six. And I'll get into why later instead of seven, they split it weird. That was dumb. It- and it felt dumb to me. But then also the last two episodes of your season combined are damn near four hours. It's a fucking Avengers end game at the end of this bullshit. Like I'm watching the last two episodes of that Friday night they came out. And at one point I'm like, I'm on that last episode. I've already watched like two fucking hours of this show. I'm on the last episode. I'm like, man, they'll be wrapping this up soon. And I just like, I like pause it. Cause I was, I think I went to go like get more water or something. And I still had like an hour and a half left. I'm like, Good goddamn. This is just so long. And people waited up. And like watch this shit until like four o'clock in the morning. You are insane, people. What the fuck? There were people that had somehow watched the volume two of season four. Like two or three times by the time I got home from work. 
and was able to start watching this shit. And I'm like, how? That's literally longer than a week of fucking viewing shit. I don't know how you could do it. I just don't, I don't think they needed to do that. The thing is, I think that makes it different from watching like movies one way or TV shows another, like even though if it's the same amount of time, whatever, because you can watch two, two hour movies back to back or like two episodes of stranger things. Apparently and it's the same amount of time. There's an episodic feel to television, even in long form storytelling television like this. There's still an episodic feel to things. And I feel like they just wanted to cram as much shit in as they could. Instead of giving it those breather moments of episodic television that I think would have benefited. It would have benefited from. The way television ebbs and flows within that long form storytelling. Even over 10 episodes. It be 10 hours. But there's a slight ebb and flow to it. That gives it a good pace. And then you get the pacing within each hour and stuff like that. This, I felt like it lost it because you'll have one episode. That's like an hour and 25 minutes. And then you'll have one episode. That's just an hour. And then one episode that's nine hours and 47 minutes long. It's just so all over the place. You don't get those ebbs and flows that are beneficial to TV. They kind of give us a weird rhythmic pacing to the story. It's more subconscious because like I said, it's just kind of naturally happens in telling those stories, but that rhythm kind of helps them go. And it also kind of helps make sure you cut out some of the fat. You get rid of some of the unnecessariness when you have to adhere to that a little better. But when you just have it to go, I don't know, however much time you want, each episode can be whatever you lose that a little bit. And I think that this season's very much detrimented to this. I think there's a lot of bad story choices in this season. I think that when it comes to just pure story, this is my least favorite season. When this comes to character development, one of my least favorite seasons. And I'm not saying it's got bad character development because certain characters get great development. And then there are other characters that get development, I don't think they deserve it. I think time was wasted on some of these characters. You know, also I want to throw out there like a little, little PSA to the Duffers. Also, this can apply to Kevin Feige too. People need to quit talking about their shows in between, like, like right before they come on or anything like that to give weird cryptic things about them that set expectations because you're full of shit. Get into that a little bit more later too. But I'll just say the Duffers at one point between seasons one and two, or I don't know, section one and section two of the season, whatever the fuck they called it. At one point we're like, oh, the body count of volume two. It will be unheard of. Fuck off. It's just a lie. It's bullshit. Same with Kevin Feige with Moon Knight. I think that's why I've got so much resentment towards like producers and shit doing this shit. Because Kevin Feige coming up and being like, oh, Moon Knight's going to be the most brutal thing the MCU's ever seen. And it wasn't at all. Not even close. Didn't even out brutalize things that they'd put on Disney Plus. 
I will say this, though. I'm, this might be a spoiler. I don't know. I don't care. Another thing the Duffers need to quit doing is fucking with the show in the past. Because a lot of people were like, oh, we have these theories about this, this Vecna character. Let's go rewatch the first few seasons to see if it, if it lines up. And they were like, oh my God, it does. There are these telltale signs of Vecna in the first season. We never knew it before, but they're there. That's because they weren't there before. If you watch Stranger Things season one, when it came out, those things weren't there. The Duffers went back and edited season one to add these telltale signs of Vecna to make it tie into this season. That's to me dishonest. Did they already do that or they said they were going to? Oh, no, they did. They already did did it. They did it before season four came out. So you actually now can't go back in time to actually watch it as it aired. It's already changed forever. That's kind of bullshit. I think it rewards bad behavior because I kind of think we are in a, a culture nowadays where everything has to be broken down and analyzed and fan theories about fucking everything. And you're kind of rewarding fans for that weird behavior that sets up weird expectations when you're not actually good enough to do it. You're lying to do it. Your original season one didn't have these ties to this season. But you're like, hey, go watch it now. It's got ties to the season. That wasn't because you were good enough at writing the first season to have them. You went all George Lucas on this shit and did Stranger Things season one special edition. It's kind of some bullshit. I don't like it. As far as this season goes, I think it's okay. I think it's an okay season. I don't necessarily hate this season. I hate a lot of choices in this season. I hate some of the development of this season. I kind of hate where I think the show is going based on this season. This, to me, is my least favorite season of the show. I don't think it's terrible, though. I think that's a testament to the show. That this can be my least favorite, and I have the most issues with it. Still don't hate it. I still think it's a good good show. I think that this season's better if you look at it at a self-contained point. If you look at this from just this story affects and ties into this season and beyond, I like it better. I don't like it if you try it more into the past. I don't think it actually ties into the first, second, and third season as well as the other ones did. I don't think it gels as good. So, I can't get into too much more without spoilers. That's kind of where I'm sitting. I will say this in the most vaguest of contexts. Can people also just stop making a big deal out of one season characters? Why is every one season character on this show idolized beyond belief? Like they're, they're, they're not even there for that long. I don't even think it, some of them aren't. The one that is idolized from season four, I get a little bit more and understand it a little bit more than I do some of the past seasons of of characters they've done this with. I'll go ahead and say it. P. 
People need to get the fuck over Barb dying. She's in what? One and a half episodes of the show? I agree with that. Yeah. And people these days are still like justice for Barb. You don't. She could have been a raging Nazi. You don't know. She wasn't around enough for you to know who the fuck she was as a character. You just know she was Nancy's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy's not that great of a person. She's got some shitty qualities to her, too. How do you know those weren't instilled in her by Barb? Barb could have murdered kittens every Saturday. You just don't know it because in the show she died before it was a Saturday. Get the fuck over her dying. I just, I don't understand it. Just get, because people are still doing it now. Justice for Barb. They already killed the demigorgon that got her. How much more justice do you need? Yeah. Her murderer is dead. And on top of that, I still think there's a possibility that she used to run around and put thumbtacks on park benches for old people to sit on them. <laughs> Just saying. You don't know what she was doing on the side. She might have deserved it. Hawkins might be better off with Barb dead than alive. Did you ever think of that? No. You're just obsessed with this character that had a combined total of like six minutes of screen time in the first season. Just like, geez, move on. And it's just going to be worse with the character from this season. God, it's going to be 20 years from now and people are going to be bringing up this fucker. And I don't even dislike him. But I'm going to dislike him because other people are just going to just barrage me with bullshit content about this character. I just could be sitting there scrolling on Reddit or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. And it's going to be justice for this fuckface constantly. Like I said, I don't even have problems with him. You're going to make me hate him because he doesn't deserve all this shit. And I blame you, Stranger Things Season 4. People just, I don't know, want to anoint these saints of Netflix that are undeserved. That's all I'll say about this one without getting spoilery. Recommendations and scores? Yeah. Yep. Recommendations? And score. Justin, give it to us. Yeah, I recommend it. I think um I think it was a pretty good season. Um the length, I don't know. The the length of it and all of that stuff didn't really bother me. I don't know. I think that streaming and television is so different now just because you know, I, I with especially with the advent of binge culture and everything like that, everybody has a pace at which they watch this stuff. You know, um, and I'm seeing more and more that final seasons of shows and stuff like that are getting longer. I've seen, you know, a show be um, a 30 minute show, but then the final season finale is an hour or I've seen like. You know, sometimes season finales and stuff like that do tend to be longer. 
Now, granted, yes, this one was big. It was really long. It was like two and a half hours. But I didn't look at it and go, uh, two and a half hours. I was like, oh, shit, it's two and a half hours. Damn, this is going to be some big stakes, big consequences, big. You know, for some people, they'll look at that glass half full and they'll go, oh, man, it's two and a half hours. Dang, man, this is about to be some epic showdown type of stuff. So I don't know. I was kind of amped that it was long. I didn't have the effect. I didn't have, I didn't go in with the idea of, oh man, this is two and a half hours. I'm going to have to get through this. I mean, if you weren't invested in the story by that time, I think if you're invested in it and you enjoy the story, then by the time you get there, you're, you're game. You know what I mean? And because you can watch it at your own pace because it's streaming, I honestly don't think it matters that much. As a matter of fact, I will say that there will be more shows like this. You know, you will probably see this you take those words a back. little more. You huh? take that back, Justin. <laughs> take that no, back. It, I, I think it is, though. I mean, what? We got a Snyder Cut that was, what, five or six hours? We got a, you know, this is going to happen more and more, man. And well, and not enough people are complaining about it. So therefore, I don't think that they're going to change it. They're just they're, they're This is just going to start happening because with binge culture and the way we stream TV now, you can watch it at your own pace. You can watch an hour, go to bed, wake up tomorrow, watch the second hour. You know, there's nothing forcing you to have to sit I could understand maybe if you had to go to a theater and go two and a half hours to get the final, but that's really, but honestly, that's not what this is. So I think if you are invested in the characters and you're invested in the story, you'll, you'll be down. You'll get through the last two episodes. I will admit it was a little weird that they split it that way, but honestly, did it make any sort of difference when I saw the episodes? No. Was I did I sit there at the end of it and go, why was it just these two big? I don't think that mattered at all. That was like the last thing on my mind. So, you know, but but I recommend it. I think it was very it was good. I thought it was very good. I think that um, certain characters, if you like them, they got some shining moments and some characters that they didn't pay much attention to last season, got a little more attention this season. I feel like they're kind of doing this round robin thing. So um, there's, and I feel like the way they set up certain shots, even at the end of this might suggest that there will be other characters next season that'll probably get more attention. And I'll go into my theories on that as well. So overall, no, I thought this was good, man. Um, it's it may be long, but it was a good long. You know, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Um, like I said, it's probably my favorite season. Um, even though it's not the best season, I think I had the most fun, honestly, watching this one. So, with that being said, we're gonna go. I can't quite give it an A. Probably like a high B. So we'll go like. 87 uh, most metal ever concerts in the upside down out of 100. I'll retort to some of your stuff later. Heather, what about you? 
Um, I, I, I mostly agree. I, I do think this was, I don't, I really liked season three a lot as well, but, um, for different reasons, I like each of the seasons for different things that they do this season. I would put this up there as my favorite. Maybe it is because it's the freshest on my mind or, you know, the freshest that I've watched, but just given the the things that they did with this season and the moments they had were I just I really did love some of what they did um and it just stands out to me a lot with with certain things so I I agree I do think this is probably up there as one of my favorite seasons although not perfect although not the best probably narratively or whatever else but it was the most fun and it was the most interesting and I was the most invested this season I feel like, and maybe it was also the anticipation of we waited, what, 13 years for it to come out. <laughs> but, you know, it just I I think maybe that anticipation kind of fed into like me being so invested in what was happening this season. But um, I just think they had so many great things they did. And um, I'm super curious and interested to get into the the spoilers of this and like, you know, the things that you're thinking about the character developments and things like that, because man, I just, I, I'm just so curious to hear the things people didn't, didn't like about that other than me. Um, I think that it was really, I think it was a really good season. And I agree. I think that the villain this season is so beyond any other villain. Um, and just so, because he was so, um, just what would I say? I mean, I guess just haunting in a way. Um, he was haunting and he was a villain in a different way than the others before and more powerful, had just more things that made him a great super villain. And I, I liked how they did it. I liked what they did with that. I like how they tie that into things. Um, yeah, I, I just I think it was I think it was mostly pretty great. It was really solid. It was it had great moments, solid overall. Um, I actually probably would give this an A. Um, I give it like a 90 um, Hellfire Club Vecna campaigns out of 100. I don't think it matters if I recommend it or not. This thing broke records with billions of hours being watched in a week. If you were going to watch it, you already fucking did. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, I mean, watch it if you want. Don't watch it if you don't want to. That's all I can really say. If you're one of those people that don't want to watch it, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast this deep into it? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, he said, I don't think it's as good as you guys do. He said, I don't think it's terrible. It's still passable. Still, still works-ish. You know, I'll still watch season five. Not like you really have a choice. Not like I have the choice to not watch season five at this point. I'm so fucking far into it that my completionist ass won't let me not finish this show when it's only one That's season. That's for sure. <laughs> so I'm stuck, unfortunately. Um, 67. 67. Man, Metallica fucking sucks out of 100. Oh, no. Blasphemy. Spoilers? Blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, what I was talking about with the Duffer Brothers when they're like, oh, the body count's going to be so fucking high. I knew as soon as they said that, they just meant 
random people. Because that's all it was, was random Russian shoulders, soldiers and, and scientists and other soldiers. And that the body count wasn't fucking high. Like two other people fucking die in this show outside of that. Like, it's not a high body count. It's fucking propaganda bullshit. When they're fucking, like, saying shit like that. That's a fucking cop out, too. Second, what I was talking about. Uh, it should have ended on season six or episode six. This season should have taken its little mini break when Steve got pulled to the, the, the upside down. I That's actually completely agree with that. Way yeah. better. Like tension building point than what they did. With Nancy just being, you know, shown by Vecna shit. Steve getting pulled to the upside down underwater is a way better like mid-season finale if you will than what they gave us yeah especially with as like worried as everybody was that Steve was going to die this season <laughs> yeah that was the number one theory about this season was Steve was going to die you fucking do that mid-season finale then have people waiting like a month and a half going is Steve dead is Steve dead is Steve dead they were already Come doing on. it <laughs> they would have just been doing it more yeah that's that's a way better ending point uh, for that part of it. Um, the last thing I'll bring up right this moment, right this like second with it, uh, is I want to retort some of the things you were talking about, Justin. I actually don't think more shows are going to go this way because more shows aren't already going this way. Every other streaming service is breaking away from the Netflix model. Every other streaming service is still doing episode weekly episodes of their original content. Netflix is the only one releasing everything at once at this point. Now, some people are waiting until seasons are done to binge it. You are right on that part of it. But every other company is breaking it up now. HBO, Peacock, Paramount, Hulu, Disney Plus. They all do like episode by week. So I do think that that model of with television with it getting like just being completely bingy again. I think that's going away because they're learning that if you keep people invested in your show over six, seven, eight, nine weeks, it's more beneficial to you as a platform than a couple of days here. And then a couple of days like there, you know, Netflix has this model now where people are going to be canceling their service. Like every other month, they'll come back real quick, watch a show for a couple of days and cancel again. These other shows, they at least keep you around for a few weeks. You might watch something else. You might get invested in something else. But I do think that streaming services as a whole are going away from the whole binge model. In that regard, at least. Now, you might be right on episode links varying and all this other stuff. They're already doing Yeah, and that's more or less what I was talking about. And that's not so much releasing the whole season at once, but I was more or less fuck kind of focusing on how those finales were so long. And all I was basically saying is I've seen that in other series too, where the season finale is sometimes twice as long as a normal and episode. You're, you're not wrong on that. They do that a lot in shows, you know, especially like a series finale. It might be like a half hour show and they might go an hour and a half on that series finale. Which is fair. I, I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's just 
this season for this show was so extra long, though. You know what I mean? It wasn't that just the last episode was long. The one before it was. The one before it, if you had watched it all in one continuous thing, was also like an hour and 15. Like, they were all getting very long towards the end of the show. And I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, you can just pause it and go to sleep. It works better when it's more episodic, though. When you have those natural episode breaks. Because... You're just that that's like watching a movie for it. Like, cause this last, the last two episodes of this are two feature length movies. I mean, that's, that's what they are. Both are feature length. And when you get to that point, it's not natural to watch an hour of something that's two and a half hours long that has no natural breaking point at that. And that's why the episode rhythmic formula works better. If you kind of adhere a little bit more to that time, I'm not saying that everything has to always be one hour. You can have some ebbs and flows in that. That is one of the things I do love about modern streaming culture with that hour long TV means an hour. Doesn't mean 43 minutes. You get hour of content that gives writers a little bit more room to breathe with some of that. So if you don't have to rush everything, you get more breathing room if you can stretch it to a full hour. But then if you've got one episode, then you're like, no, we really need to add this extra 15 minutes of story to truly conclude that episode's story. You get that flexibility. And that's fantastic. I think a show that really benefits that from that right now is on Hulu. It's uh, the Orville New Horizons, the third season of Orville, where they're now just on Hulu. Oh, dude, they're they're doing that by leaps and bounds. Like, A, they went from an hour-long show on cable, so it was 43 minutes, and they were like, you have to cut everything down to 43 minutes, no matter what. Now, like, the first episode of the season was, like, 54 minutes, but, this, like, this last episode, they went an hour and 20 because it was a bigger episode. They had more story to tell in it. So I do agree that that is an utterly fantastic thing to have that variation and not have to adhere to that very restricting 43 minutes. And I do think we're getting better television from that. It's just like I said to me, when you start getting so long in your episodes and you're doing it for every episode, and especially you're ending the season with two movies of, t- of, of, of television. You don't have that same episodic flow that other TV shows have. And I think that that was a detriment in the way they told this story because it, it, it's kind of like a, a crescendo that never ends in a way until the very end, like, or it's just, it's always rising. It's like a roller coaster where you're just going up and you're going up, you're going up, going up, going up, and you just constantly, you're going up. And then you go down, then it's it's over. You need those other little ebbs and flows. And I don't think that this season really, truly had those as much. I'm not saying they didn't because they did have some like good episodic elements of storytelling, especially earlier in the season. But as the season started to end, that got less and less and less. It just became like, hey, this is a, a... you know, half a season of television and then a trilogy of movies. And that's a weird format in storytelling. I don't think that the pacing as the whole season works as well. 
that way. And I think your character development suffered from it. Because I think that you're you're weirdly, they put so much emphasis on Max in this season. And it, it was so good. She was fantastic acting wise. The story was so good with her. And the way they end it with her, to me, wastes the whole fucking thing. Because you're building to that moment. And you give her the most wishy-washy of endings. Because, so yeah, this is spoilers. She's brain dead and in a coma. There's only two things that can happen in season five. She either comes out of the coma or she doesn't. If she's just going to come out of the coma, why the fuck are we putting her in the coma? If she's just going to, if that's, if her role the next season is just to come out of it, why are we putting her in a coma at the end of the season? The other side of that is, or she doesn't come out of the coma next season. Then why didn't you just kill her? That's more impactful. The way they ended this with her, to me, wastes so much development that they had for her. And then they waste all these, these other moments on these other characters that I thought was bullshit. The single worst character of this TV show from season two on has been Mike. He's been nothing but a gigantic asshole to everybody for the last three seasons. Yeah. And they want to do that bullshit storyline or that little element of him and will. When was like, you're the heart of the party. You're the heart of the team. The fuck he is. That's Will Dustin in a heartbeat. 100%. Yeah. I don't think anybody watching this show thinks Mike's the heart of the team. No. 100% agree with that. Yeah. And that just kind of upset me. That they wasted that element of this part of the story. So... I kind of just wish that they hadn't wasted those elements of storytelling on Mike. Because I do think that those were good for Will. I think those those conversations that Will and Mike had were very solid. It's just, to me, they kind of put too much bullshit magic on Mike. Do you think that maybe it's because like they needed Mike to be like the moments that Mike does have, there are a few moments when he is pretty solid, um, few and far between. But I, I wonder if because they needed that believability of Will's affection for him. So they had to give him something that was likable so that you understand where Will's coming from. I wonder. I don't know. I get that. I get what you're saying that they wanted to have those elements, you know, of Will talking to Mike to be like, you're the heart of the party. And then later, which was the most bullshit fucking line later when Eleven's in that pool and Will's like, remember, Mike, you're the heart. 
holy corny 1960s TV Batman. <laughs> Fuck, that was a terrible line in that situation. But like, I get what you're saying, Heather, that they did that because they want to justify Will obviously being in love with Mike. They might not want to say it yet. Fair, whatever. But that's obviously what the fuck they're doing. If they don't admit that, at least in season five, that's some bullshit. That's just nothing but queer baiting the whole time. Yeah. But. Or if they just want to throw you a swerve, be like, oh, you thought it was this. It's like, no, we all know what it is. Because that's the one time I thought Jonathan was good this season was that conversation he had with Will. Jonathan was a waste of space fucking character this whole season. Correct. Other than (laughs) he can drive the van. That was his most useful trait this season was driving the van and then telling Will, I know you're gay. I love you anyway. You're still my brother. That's all Jonathan did this season. It was a wonderful moment though, but yeah. But they waste so much fucking time on him. I mean, I get Argyle was a fun new character this season. He's kind of the comic relief to a very serious and darker tone season. But a little goes a long way. Him and Jonathan kind of felt annoying for most of the season until the last episode where they finally have some uses. (laughs) Like that, everything outside of fucking what was happening in Hawkins was such a chore to watch for me. Like, Oh, with the exception of the 11 stuff, the 11 stuff happening in Nevada. Okay. I get that. That was great. That, that, that was good development for her. I get that. But the Mike will Jonathan Argyle stuff was kind of a fucking chore. Like I, I liked will in those, those, those scenes. I liked will hated everyone else. They yeah. were all fucking dumb. Will great. Except when he's like, Mike, you're the heart. No, you're not. He's just not. And I, I just, I don't, I don't even know how, are, are the Duffers that disconnected from reality? Do the Duffers actually think that Mike is the heart of this show? And that's why they did it? Or are they just so also disconnected that they just think he is and they want to make sure you know that? Because he's not. Yeah, the only reason I would say that it feels like he might be is just because, like, he's the one who brought Eleven into the group. You know, the D&D nights that they have is always at Mike's house. You know, like, at the start of the show, he was the kind of the the primary connection between most of, like, the, the big players there. And, you know, Mike is Nancy's sister and, or, I'm sorry, <laughs> Nancy is Mike's sister and, you know, like, all these things where there's those sort of connections all to him. Like most people had a connection to him in some way more than the others, maybe, but yeah, you're right. I, I absolutely in no way consider Mike to be the heart of the group. I think it's, it's 100% Dustin shortly followed by will just because, you know, the whole reason that the show is a show is they wanted to find will. They wanted will back. They wanted their friend and, his development and growth throughout the seasons of, you know, what he's had to deal with and how he's had to overcome so much because of it. They are 100% like far and beyond more the heart of the group than Mike ever was. And I agree because I frankly think Mike is super annoying for most of the time. Um, 
I get his purpose, but yeah, I totally agree. I think that that was um, a very weird, and I, I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be one of those, like the show is kind of looking from Will's perspective when it's in that group. And that's why he's saying it's the heart or why the show says that he's the heart. Or maybe you're right. Maybe the Duffers really just think that he is. I don't know, but I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, in this season alone, I can name seven other characters that are more the heart of the party or the the show before I even consider putting Mike on the list. Even freaking Eddie, honestly, is more the heart than Mike this season. Like, this season, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would put I would put I would put Robin as the heart before him. I don't even necessarily completely like the character of Nancy, especially with the story they brought her into this season. Like I liked elements of it. I thought her being a super badass, great. Loved all yeah. those scenes. Potential love triangle, Nancy, again, fucking garbage. We've been through that story before. That, yeah. I don't want to fucking watch it again. I understand that Steve is no longer the same character that he was in the beginning, but neither was Jonathan. Jonathan was a creepy fucking stalker in the first season. So they've both grown since then. I get that she might have a different feeling towards Steve now. She might want to get with Steve now. Don't give me the same love triangle again, though. That's yeah. fucking dumb. That's yeah. a waste of my time. Have her end it with Jonathan and then go after Steve. That's perfectly legit. I'm not saying that her and that Steve and Nancy can't get back together. I'm just saying I don't want to see the love triangle fucking thing that they were alluding to all fucking season. That's annoying. I already saw that. At, like that was season one. We're retreading that again. Seriously. And that's what I'm saying. Some of the character. I thought that was too, because that was part of Nancy's character development in this season. Fucking dumb. But like I said, I loved her being a badass taking charge and being a badass. Oh, that was great. That's fucking like Sigourney Weaver vibes. That was Linda Hamilton vibes. Loved that shit. Yeah, that was great. I just did not like the vibes in this one. Um, what you said about Mike not being the heart of the group, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess I more or less took that as I think maybe if he had rephrased that and said that you're 11's heart, you know, you, she loves you. She cares about you. If anybody can motivate her or if anybody can kind of reach her in a way that the others can't, it's you. I, I think maybe if they had centered that more to his connection with Eleven and not so much it implying that he's sort of this heart of the group. I think that that would have been more effective. Um, I don't know if in those scenes I interpreted it as they were saying, you are the heart of this entire show. I don't know if that's, I didn't, interpret it that way i thought it was more towards 11 type thing like your connection with 11 allows you to be able to help her or influence her in a way you can reach her in a way that we can't because of the bond that y'all have is more or less what i took that as but if they were trying to imply 
that somehow Mike is the heart of the show or that Mike is somehow the heart of the heart and soul of this group. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's BS. They haven't even told us the story in a way to where Mike would be the heart of the group. So that's that's just really that would be really strange if the writers thought that, you know, that that just and I know and I don't know this whole thing about who has the heart badge. I think it's passed around uh, through certain through certain seasons. You know, it might have been Will in the first season and then, you know, it might have bounced around a you know, I think at times it's been Will. At times it might have been Dustin. At times it might have been Steve. Um, I don't know. That, that That's actually an interesting question. I wonder, I, I, but I think that this is the kind of show where there are so many characters that people like. There are so many, like, appealing characters. And these actors are doing such an incredible job. If you even propose the question online of, who do you think is the heart of Stranger Things? I bet you get a lot of different answers. Yeah, that's true. None of them, none of them probably Mike, but I bet you would get um, a lot of different answers because I think yeah. it's been sort of passed around from season to season. You might even argue that this season, it might have been Eddie or it might have been, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting question. You know, it might even be easier to divide that in seasons rather than just say this person is the heart of the the entire series. I mean, although Dustin feels like a good candidate for that, just his attitude, his ties to everyone, you know, how important he is as a character you know, he makes some pivotal decisions. He does some pivotal things. Um, he figures out certain things, even though he doesn't have like the physical and mental connections to the upside down kind of like Will or Eleven do. He always seems to be figuring out something. He uh, he seems to always be able to, he understands the upside down almost in ways that the other characters don't, or he manages to figure something out, or he's manages to put two and two together. He's always kind of that character doing that, even though he doesn't have like any of those, like, I guess you could say traumatic kind of ties to it. You know, um, if that because makes now. sense, I hope I'm saying that <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I don't yeah, know, maybe sense. he, he would get my vote, but I could see a bunch of different characters getting votes for that question about no, who the yeah. heart is of the show. And that's fair. And that's why I was bringing up that like outside of season one, I don't think anybody would say that about Mike, but even then within the context of the show, let's say that the Duffer brothers weren't trying to say that about the show in general, even just the group of friends. I don't think yeah. Mike is the heart anymore. Yeah, I it's still, Dustin. It, it, yeah, it's Dustin or it's will. It's it's just it's no but it's not Mike. Mike's the heart of eleven. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. and that's how it should have been worded. I think they should have just on the nose said it that way. You know? Well, and maybe Will fair, was you know, obviously Will is feeling some kind of way. So That's what I was gonna know, say. To maybe, be fair, 
It's to Will also. Right. Yeah. So maybe in Will's perspective, you know, Mike that- is the heart. But I think really you could have just saved everybody that and just been like, you're 11's heart. And that would have just, you still could have had everything happen the same and it would have been fine. <laughs> it, would, it just wouldn't have felt as forced. I think that that's why I felt like that yeah. part yeah. was forced. Is it's, Will, yeah. you're the heart of the party. Especially, man, when they were at that pizza shop and Will's like, Mike, remember, you're the heart of the party. I had never felt the, the vibes of Peppy from Star Fox 64 harder in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even he could have even just been like, hey, remember that you're her heart or something like that, you know, or like, yeah. Uh, you know, Great. that in, that would have been much better. You're right. Great. And the way it came off, that's pretty much what you did. It wasn't like he spoke to everybody in the party or did some sort of intercom speech and everybody went, Mike is right, guys. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like it was directed at everybody. It was just directed at 11. So but there was something real weird about how <laughs> he said it. I kind of get that because I'm like, yeah, like because I'll say it this way, because let's see, Will Noah Schnapp, Will, he is an absolutely phenomenal actor, but there was something about that moment that felt very like insincerely forced. <laughs> it's because he realized that it's a, anything else he did was fine. But that line, line I'm just like, mm. <laughs> he could he didn't believe the line himself. That's why he had such a hard time selling it. He's like, you're the part. <laughs> Uh, yeah it that's and it's i i love will and i think his character is amazing and i just i can't say enough about his acting abilities but something about how he said that i was like hmm that was not as i think encouraging as you thought that was gonna be <laughs> well only the one line everything else he says is great you know it was it was it's just it's a weird thing too because it really is will going hey mike remember to tell your girlfriend you love her <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Because totally. Mike's such a stand-up fucking guy. Remember to tell your girlfriend you love her. Jesus. That kid, man. I'm telling you, that kid. He is yeah. something special, that one. But no, I mean, he also, yeah, anything going on in his life is the least interesting. Like, and even when you want to care, like with Eleven and Mike, like even in previous seasons when they're getting together or they're able to finally date, you don't really root for it because he's such an ass about it like even to hopper you know when hopper's trying to be like hey respect my rules and he's just like laughing in his face because he's like oh this is my girlfriend and i'm cool so i'm gonna say what i want he is just it's so hard to root for him in many situations and that is being a teenager i understand that and i will give him that but everything about like anything with his storyline i just am not I, I'm not rooting for him most of the time. I'll say that much. And I just, yeah. and the story, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I don't think this season helped either. Like that's the problem is he's been this fucking shitty asshole for the last two seasons. The season doesn't help his cause. Same shitty. Yeah. Asshole. And I was, yeah. And I was going to say something similar. Like, I don't think the story helped him very much because by the time we get to his speech to 11 at the end, he says, well, the reason he gives his reason why he was acting like that, you know, he says to a certain extent, you know, I know what, you know, the kind of person you are and 
I could kind of see the writing on the wall and I'm afraid to lose you, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like if I did, you know, if I didn't admit these things that it would come faster, you know, he sort of had this explanation that he gave, which was fine. It's just that the story didn't really touch on that, you know, Uh, they didn't really touch on that. And I think that was the, the fault with it. If you could have seen some of his fear or if you could have kind of maybe if some of that had been admitted to will and we could have saw Mike emote some of that or if we could have had a a scene somewhere where he could have expressed that to somebody else. So maybe 11 doesn't know, but we know or something like that to, to empathize with him a little bit more. They didn't really give him those scenes. So by the time he gets to the end and he's given his explanation, I I was like, okay, you know, okay, Mike. I bought it. But that's, yeah. but that's all I could give him. You know what I mean? You know, that's all I could give him because and, that's all yep. the story gave me. Yeah, because so, that, that scene with him in 11 is wonderful. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's heartwarming. It's devastating. It's all of the things you want it to be. But that is the only moment that he got <laughs> in the show yeah. where you care about like him. <laughs> So it's kind of unfortunate. It's like, I get the feelings towards him, but I also kind of feel like, well, that's not all his fault because the story just didn't, the the, the story, it didn't feel like the story felt it was necessary to care about him enough uh, in this yeah. one. Like the, this story definitely felt biased towards certain characters. Um, I was okay for that because I think that the characters I like got favoritism. And that's why I was totally okay with people like Jonathan and all of them not getting much because I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I just don't care as much about them. I mean, my characters are Max, Steve. I like Max. I like Steve. I like Nancy. I like Dustin. I like 11. Um, And I like Will. I I I do like Will. Um, but I don't, I feel like he hasn't, you know, gotten too much either, but I'm thinking this next season though, especially that shot that they gave towards the end where his neck kind of, you know, you see the kind of the movement, um, in his neck or whatever, and he can kind of feel, uh, Vecna and everything. And he kind of turns around and he's in front of everybody else. I don't know. I feel like he might get a little more attention next season. Oh, but the, the season five is going to be the tease. Will show. Yeah, season, I think it's got to all Will all the time. It's got to yeah. come back to him because I really like that character and I feel like he's been getting shafted. But those other characters like Jonathan, you know, oh, man, I didn't get into the school. I was supposed to and I'm afraid to tell Nancy. Yeah, that was kind of a lame storyline. Well, you know, it, it wasn't even um, that he didn't get into the school. He didn't even apply. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't so even apply. All and, that shit that they did, and then at the end of the, the 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 season, for him to go, "Hey, are we okay?" Fuck off, dude. You're 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 also thinking the the relationships. Why are you fucking doing that shit? God, yeah, that it's so a, it's almost like he he's it's almost like he's trying to end it by just. In action, I don't by know. By being it's himself, like, honestly, he, yeah, he's just kind of. It, it, it feels like, and I remember guys that would do this kind of thing. 
Like I, I remember growing up with guys who were kind of like this, like they're in a relationship, but they're kind of like, man, like for whatever reason, they, I, I feel like he's already felt like he's lost her maybe, or maybe he feels like it just feels like he's trying to distance himself, but he's not. But instead of just coming right out and being like, Hey, maybe we should end this. It's almost like he's waiting on her. Maybe she'll do it before me. I don't know what I kind of, that's just kind of the vibe I was getting from him. But you know, but, but Jonathan is not really one of the characters that I care about as much. So I was fine with, I agree. Getting that, that's fair. Little, you know, all, all those things you just said are fair, Justin. You know, like you're gonna like this season because the characters you like got a lot of time. I totally 100% understand that. For the most part, the characters I like, same way. The problem is, is they still devoted so much fucking time to these other characters that I don't like that they did fucking nothing with their story, and that drove yeah. me fucking nuts. They spent so much time watching those fucking stoners in that fucking band. Wasting my fucking time. <laughs> and not even giving me story development with it. Not even giving me character development with it. You get one scene of character development and that's Will with the painting and the story. Like That's the only character development you get out of any of the fucking California scenes until they get 11. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much just coasting. And that's like a third um, of the story up until that point is wasted. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even when they go visit Susie, like that was a little underwhelming. And that's unfortunate because that could have been pretty great. And I know some people that really enjoyed that part of it. But for me, I feel like it was a little bit underwhelming, the build up to we got to Susie and her home is chaos. Like, well, <laughs> and that's fine. But I just wasn't. I wasn't big on it. I thought that that was a fun little scene when it happened. And then I'm not going to lie. I forgot it happened until you just brought it up. Yeah. So say what you will about was, the lasting impact of that scene. So and that's what I think I mean by underwhelming. Cause you're just like, all right, it happened. Cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I want to see a, a Dustin and, and Susie reunion. That's what I wanted that to see. That's what I was about to say. It just wasn't the right characters that visited her. That That's, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Some of these characters are just not as compelling as the others. And that's just, yeah. that is the honest to goodness truth. And, and, I, and honestly, you'd be hard pressed to find a show where just about every character is compelling. It's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do. Yeah. Very few shows have been able to do that successfully and that's why those shows are like the best shows like ever that's because why they're they, all on hbo <laughs> um, yep exactly because well, it's not tv bro that's Sopranos, that's the wire that's six feet under yeah those shows sure and everybody's yeah, chasing you care that. about everybody and game of thrones almost they, they almost, almost did it almost you're right. almost very close yeah. game of thrones was their Very problem, close. their problem was way, way bigger casts, way yeah. bigger casts. Those other shows, yeah. So, but damn, they came close. They did, but this is not like that. Like I love Stranger Things, but that's the that's the 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 thing about it is that they've got all these characters. They're not willing to kill them, but they also don't want to prioritize them. 
So they're just kind of there. But then yeah. you have these other characters that you can tell that they just, for lack of a better term here, they really give a fuck about them. And so they get a lot of development. Yeah. They get a lot of they get a lot of stuff. And then they will introduce characters, make that character more interesting and more compelling than the characters you already got over here. Yeah. And then they'll kill that guy or that person. <laughs> and I definitely you know what I mean. Oh, man, I can't wait to get into that. But really quick, though, I do agree <laughs> with you, Justin, mostly about that. But I think that's also why I was thinking that. I liked that, even though they don't spend a lot of time on all the characters, they I still do feel like each of them did get at least one moment. You know, even Jonathan, like we talked about, he got his yeah, moment where I was like, dude, you killed this. Like you were super like solid right here. And nothing else about him. But that scene was so important to the show and to the season and to this, the episode, you know, and, you know, even Argyle with his crazy ass. But like he, you know, like he I liked him. I liked him a lot, but he was actually also helpful. Like there was a scene where you're like, OK, I'm actually a helpful person. And you know what I mean? Like even Mike, when he's talking to Eleven or when he's like pouring his heart out about how he's like worried to lose her to Will. He has like a small moment, you know, and it's like they aren't main characters and they're not people that you typically care about. But for whatever reason, they just still had at least one moment this season where you do care about something going on with them. At least for me, that was just me. Not not entirely the whole time, but at least in those moments I did. That's fair. Jonathan did have a strong moment with Will. I really enjoyed that talk that they had. That, like y'all said, that that was, I'm just kind of repeating what y'all said, but just to speak on that really quickly, that was a good, that that was probably my favorite Jonathan scene ever, for this probably. season. <laughs> for me, ever, yeah, probably. Is it ever? It might be. Ooh. Like, yeah, like that, he, that was a good scene. But I just feel like overall, yeah. the, it just, this, it just felt like this story didn't care about him as much. You know, and all those are fair points. My problem with it is, is while they each got a moment that was justified, you know, for each of their characters and justified in the story and all those things, that's good. Your character should have moments like that. The problem was, is they spent so much other time not having moments, but on my fucking screen, not doing a damn thing. Argyle was pointless until the last episode. Like... (laughs) I fucking I I hated the fuck into that character until it gets to the end of the fucking season and they're like oh yeah the whole reason this character's in fucking nine episodes of television is to have a moment now still a fucking waste of my time like that's my problem with this, this season especially there's no trimmed fat they could have gotten rid of all those essentially Lord of the Rings scenes of them just traveling nonstop. <laughs> And told fucking story. I agree. And you know what, though, with Argyle, though, I will say the one thing I will say I do like about him is he was the absolute least judgmental person of anybody. He was just like, oh, your friend has superpowers. Cool. All right. Where are we going? Like, oh, there's dead bodies. Someone has a gun. All right. Where am I driving to? And I did like that about him, but it wasn't like he he wasn't important enough in a sense or he didn't have enough screen time for you to care that much about that but i do like looking back to be like you know what he was kind of cool though 
in the sense of like, he was a good friend. He was just kind of like, all right, what are we doing? Let's do it. And I, I did like that about him. You know, that's fair. But I disagree with the amount of screen time he had. He probably was on the screen at least an hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> Driving only. Yeah. <laughs> and did, did shit for seven of those. Yeah. I'll say the same hey, thing. That about pizza these- truck came in handy, though. That pizza yeah, truck. Sure. That's true. It came in handy. You know, he Jeez. saved them whenever they got raided, which that was crazy with the officers getting shot and all of that. That that house raid. That was yeah. pretty crazy. That, that, that was the was, most interesting thing. The California of the California story. That was the most yeah. interesting thing after 11 got kidnapped. Yeah. Outside of that. Yeah. It was all a waste. But I mean, I'll say the same thing about all the shit that happened in Russia. Like God, all that felt like a chore. It they did, went, honestly. You know, oh, Hopper's in jail. Hopper escaped jail. Hopper's back in jail. Oh, we rescued Hopper. Oh, he's out of jail now. Yay. Oh, let's go back to the jail. Oh, my God. That was all unnecessary. They could have just had it go. He just was in jail until they rescued him. Yeah. They didn't have to go back and forth and back and forth and la-di-fucking-da. Like, geez, that was a fucking waste of time. Until Murray and Joyce were there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't tell you how much... But even then with the, the, the Murray and Joyce stuff was kind of tedious a little bit until they fucking got to Hopper. I kind yeah. of realized in this season, as much as I have liked the show in the past, God, this show is so dependent on who these characters are with. It really is. When Mike's not with Eleven, he's the most useless fucking character ever. When Jonathan's not with Nancy and not with Will, most useless fucking character ever. If Hopper is with nobody... Sorry, I don't fucking like Hopper. If Joy isn't with her sons or Hopper, I don't really like Joy. Like, it's just... Joyce, yeah. Is it Joyce? Yeah. Whatever. Who even cares at this point? You're. I get it, though. Because Hopper was... I, I love Hopper as a character, but it's it's his dynamics with the other people that is so fun and what, what gives him that character development even interacting with these people and there was so much of that not there this season for that yeah Yeah. to me that was the most out of place thing the whole season like at least everything everybody else was doing was sort of tied to 11 and the upside down and stuff but that stuff going on over in russia that felt like just the biggest abandonment from anything that was going on and then they tried to kind of connect it with, you know, we got Demogorgons here. If we kill them, it will somehow help them over there. I just almost just wish they didn't even make that connection. Just let right. it be about them escaping. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, if we, we, we got these kill, guys here, maybe we can help L and the kids back home. Fuck right off. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you needed that at all. I think you could have, it could have just been about Hopper escaping. Getting back. But, and I don't know, maybe that whole thing too is kind of indicative of the kind of death, no death game they kind of played with Hopper. Um, Speaking of this series, I think death kind of plagues this series. Like, as in not happening? Yeah. Okay. Like, but I agree. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I guess this kind of leads to Max. I guess it's time to have this conversation, kind of what Sterling was talking <laughs> about. But like, um, well, well, first of all, let's the good first, because there's way more good than bad. But like yeah. the Max storyline was was excellent, you know, and, and that's one of my favorite characters. So her getting a little more screen time and and, she, and that's just a really good actor. Sadie Sink, she's yeah. a good actor. So, like, I just really enjoyed all of that. The whole thing with the 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 guilt and all of that about her brother and then the connection with Vecna and all of that stuff. And, and it just harkened to things about, like, depression. Some of her actions were kind of suicidal, you know, also, too. Like, leaving the notes for people and saying, you know, if I'm not going to come back... You know, some of those behaviors, I talked to people and that sort of reminded them of suicidal behaviors, you know, and I think it all kind of tied. And of course, we knew that she was giving them notes because she thought I may not survive Vecna, but just on the outside looking in some of her actions, holding things in, not not opening up to people about what's going on with her, leaving notes for people and saying, hey, if I'm not here, I want you to leave this note. So when somebody brought that to my attention, I was like, hmm, okay. You know, I, I could see some of that. Um, but but it tied into uh, Vecna nicely, which Vecna was my, probably my favorite thing about the show. Uh, on the poll, I would vote and say Vecna was the heart of the show. No, I'm kidding. Um, Justin <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Jackson> went dark. <laughs> that's kind of a joke, but. Um, Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, I vote for him. Uh, but but no. So when it came to the end with Max and every... Oh, the scene where she escaped Vecna, that scene where the music is playing, her favorite song is playing, and she's running like hell the opposite direction towards her friends and everything like that, and she escapes him or whatever, that is one of the best scenes in the history of this show. I mean, that that's one of the greatest scenes in the show, I think. I think it's one of the best episodes they've ever done of that entire show. Like, because even with her you're, you're talking, to, right. talking to Billy at the cemetery, like, it, I, I yeah. loved everything about that episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The talk with Billy, yeah, at the cemetery. And then that, that was like, that, that scene was just everything, man. Like, I, I really think, and it was powerful because it's this whole message about like, you know, how Vecna was trying to attack her mentally with the with the guilt and everything like that. And kind of this idea of these friends and this support system calling out to you saying, no, you can survive that thing. And you running through and surviving it. Loved all of that. Um, now, when it did now, when we got to the end, though, I do think she should have died. At the end, I, I do think, you know, even though, yes, that is one of my favorite characters, man, I think it would have been a little more heartfelt if she didn't make it and what it would have done. And I guess the reason why I like it is I'm not going to be one of these people that just comes up here and goes, yeah, everybody should die. She should die <laughs> because look at me. I'm so cool and dark and I like death. Not in that kind of way, because that's bullshit. What I'm kind of talking about is, is what I think that would have done to the characters, what that would have done to Eleven, just 
to kind of have that guilt that she didn't save everybody, you know, no, you know, they, you know, Max wasn't able to make it. And the whole piggyback thing was designed to save her and her not being able to do that, how that would have affected the other characters like Dustin and stuff like that, man, that would have been some monumental stuff going into next season. And you still could have had her. She still could have showed up in visions and dreams and memories. And you you know how they do when sometimes when characters die, where they show up in other ways and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with this coma decision and what becomes of that. With, with that though, Justin, a cooler thing they could do in season five, if she died, Especially because one character you forgot to mention is Lucas. The effect on Lucas specifically. Yes, Lucas. Because yes, holy fuck, that yeah. Lucas, when when he thought she died scene, chef's kiss. Fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was great. great. And great. Lucas was low-key great in this. Oh, yeah. Whenever he got taken over by Vecna or that scene where she envisioned he was him. Yes. Vecna, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Fantastic. He was amazing. He, he was amazing. He yeah. killed it. He's, he's my dark horse so MVP much. for this season. Yeah, I can see he that did. for sure. And I don't feel like he got as much as some of the other characters, but man, boy, you talking about doing more with less. Like he, Exactly. He maximized his screen time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that for fool sure. maximized his minutes. I mean, he came off the bench and 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 went for 20, bro. Like and really yeah, helped he his team great. win this game. Oh, even that scene Just when like he's sitting he did there talking to in his the sister? actual basketball yeah. game. No, th- that's a great analogy because, dude, even that scene when he's just sitting there talking to his sister while they're making spears, fucking great, great ass yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. Like Lucas, like I said, dark horse MVP for this season. I fucking loved almost everything he did. Like him being torn between the two groups and then realizing, like he said, one group was fucking sociopaths. You know, mm-hmm. all that shit. He was so the way he developed that, and yeah. the way you thought he Eating turned on away. the group, mm-hmm. but then he actually was turning on the fucking jocks and stuff. Fucking great, loved those so fucking scenes. Yeah, but the effect it would have had on Lucas if she died, dude. Think about this, because he's the one person that might go, "Oh, Vecna's in front of me. Fuck it, we're throwing hands. I'm gonna go try to punch this fucking monster." <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I want to see that. I want to Bam, he, just true. that whole, I've got nothing to lose. Fuck this guy. I don't care if he is fucking final yeah. form boss. I'm going to go fucking throw hands with him. That'd have been fucking great. For sure. Yeah. And I think you, you soften all of that. I think you lessen his scene when he's talking to her, when she died by having her go into a coma. Cause like I said, in season five, you've only got two options. She either stays in a coma or she wakes up either one. Make her, fake out death scene in this weaker because either don't do it and just have her not be in a coma because even if you're waiting six episodes for her to come back who cares right in the first one then like you're wasting people's time at that point because she's either coming back or she or she stays in a coma she stays in a coma then fuck it kill her that's just both of those choices are better than what they did and i Mm -hmm. think it, it 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 wastes the great storytelling they did do with her character. And that's why I said they waste moments in the story in this because they did such a good job of developing Max. And they just say, fuck you with it all at the end. Yeah. 
And that's kind mm. of insane. I don't know if I think that strongly about it. I wouldn't say it's a fuck you. A fuck you would just kind of be like her, like coming out like totally unscathed with no physical damage. I don't know. I feel like that's a bit harsh. Like, I, I think it does lessen the effect of it. it but I don't it know if sure. I can say it waste it or uh, to me, those are too strong of words. It was too good of development and it was too good. Like where that character journey went and where it wound up and everything, how it connected to the villain. I think it's still really good. It's just that that could have made it perfect. It, 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 it can't be perfect because of the way we ended it, you know, but there were still consequences. I mean, she got her arms and legs are broke. Her, her, her blind, probably, you know, uh, in a coma and everything like there were definitely consequences, but you just wish that maybe they had just gone all the way with it. So see, it's not perfect, but it's still good is how I feel about it. And that's why I felt like it was a fuck you. Because everything led to her dying. All the performances and the moments you got with the other characters said she was going to die. And then you don't get that. To me, I think that's cheap. You're building up the story and you don't have the fucking gumption to finish the story like it should be. To me, that's why it's a big fuck you. That this show... Especially coming off the Duffer saying body count. There will be bodies. Not of a character, though. We'll give you bodies (laughs) of all these fucking extras. You know, we paid all these people $100 a day to fucking go lay down in the desert. There's your bodies. There were more bodies in the first, you know, couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I think that that's cheap. But also, and the reason, another reason why I think that's cheap goes to another character that they did in this season that weirdly people love. And I kind of think his story is a little bit bullshit. And that's Eddie. I'm not, I'm not as big on Eddie as everybody was. Because I think some of his character story development and his characteristics and the things they do, they kind of played a little bit into that whole show. Uh, they told didn't show type of scenario. Cause they're like, you know, early on in the season, he's like, man, I run away. I ran away with Chrissy. I ran away whenever they were chasing me at the lake. You know, I just, I run away too much. I just run away from everything. Those scenes were the most reasonable. You should run the fuck away scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's true. You're sitting there just trying to sell a girl drugs and all of a sudden she starts levitating and bones start breaking and folding like she's a fucking human origami. Yeah, you yeah, run you the run. fuck away from that. <laughs> yeah, that's That's fair. just reasonable. And then when a posse of people are coming to theoretically most likely kill you, you run the fuck away from that too. Reasonable as fuck. Every situation that he mentioned he runs away from in this TV show were the most, yes, because you are a person and you should run away from those scenarios I've ever fucking seen. But they wanted to act like that was a, you know, a detrimental character trait to him that he was struggling with. Yeah, that's true. 
I, I shouldn't run away from people magically being folded like a paper airplane in front of me with no context. Cause at the time he had none. Come on. Who the fuck's not running away in those scenarios? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and like, and even his whole thing of saying to Steve, you know, like, oh, the only reason I did it is because I didn't want to be left behind because the other two came first. I'm like, but you still did it. I mean, you could have still stayed there. You still went and you actually were super helpful to kill some of those things that were getting Steve. So he actually was useful. And so, yeah, you're right. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it was even before that, though, that he's like, oh, I just run away. And then he's like, that's why, you know, I only went into the upside down because all the girls went in and I didn't want to look bad. Well, OK, but you still didn't run away at that point. Exactly. You, you didn't. You still didn't. Yeah. So, like, I just I hated that being the character story for him. He just yeah. I don't run I run away, run away, run away. And then at the end, I didn't run away this time. You'd already not running away at one point in this. You'd already turned that corner. When you went to the upside down the first time. Yeah. And earlier in the episode when you were a distraction. Yeah. So So all these things I thought were shitty character development because it doesn't actually make any sense. And to me, they were just telling us as character traits instead of genuinely showing things that would be reasonable to ascertain those character traits. Just because we've had three seasons of seeing weird magic, supernatural fantasy creatures doesn't mean his character has so yes from an outsider's perspective sure you know crazy shit starts happening i run away okay as an audience member you could view it as that in character in the story in that universe it makes no sense for that to be a thing that oh i shouldn't have ran away from that yeah i don't buy it i mean his and honestly like his character trait is like i don't even know if it's character trait but like he he was a very just actually kind person to everybody. Like he, you know, he, he knew that everybody thought he was mean and scary or whatever, intimidating, you know, but then he, the fact that the first thing Dustin even said about him to somebody else was like, Hey, they accepted me and Mike immediately. As soon as we came in, he accepted us and, you know, telling Steve like, Hey, you know what? I was wrong about you. You're a really cool guy. And making Chrissy feel comfortable when she was terrified in the woods and whatever. It's like he that was actually more his character trait was like trying to be like understanding of people and what they needed from, you know, how they needed to feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was a little bit more of a character trait. But um, I have I have lots to say about this, but I'll let you go. I don't want to cut you off. I feel like Jason has thoughts about Eddie. I'm not even getting into his death yet. I'm not even to that point yet. You can. You can talk about that all you want. We're saying I haven't even finished my Eddie stuff, though. But I do want to hear your thoughts so far, Justin, about what we've said about Eddie. Okay. Okay. Well, um, he kind of struck me as kind of a character that, you know, because when when they would play this D&D game and everything like that, you know, that that's sort of a game where you are sort of pretending to be this knight or this hero or whatever the case may be. And what he struck me as is somebody who I guess had never done anything heroic. Like he had never done anything to really feel like that 
So in his mind, he just saw himself as a coward. And these things, even though, yes, on some level, I can see what you're saying about, yes, in those in some of those situations, you need to run. But it, it felt like this was a character that just um, never really, like, he never really showed bravery or anything like that. Like, I guess everything was just kind of about, and just like what y'all were talking about, whenever um, he followed them uh, in there and he said, well, the only reason why I went is, man, you know, the, the women were going and I just couldn't, you know, I, I just couldn't stay behind. But it wasn't that genuine, I'm doing this because I'm brave. Like, I'm doing this because I want to be heroic. And I think what they were going for at the end of that was that he finally made a heroic decision. You know, it wasn't just about this or that or how he would look or anything like that. You know, yes, there was the risk of death and everything like that, but it was finally a heroic decision for that character. He did not run from this opposition, even though he could have. He made the brave choice, whereas before it was all, maybe it was all these other things or it wasn't genuine. Whatever he talked about in his head, he even had that line where he was like, oh yes, Steve and Nancy and y'all, Robin, y'all go ahead because what you know we're not heroes you know we're not the heroes we're just the distraction or we're just you know what i'm doing even in his mind at that moment what i'm doing is not very important because i'm not the person that does anything important you know i'm not the hero of this story so i think why it was heartfelt to some people is because when he did that and made that sacrifice, it did influence what was happening. So in that moment, he did make the hero's decision. You know, he did have his heroic moment, kind of a pure heroic moment. And I think it ties into what we learned about him earlier because the whole town kind of had this and all the students and everything kind of had this perception of him. You know, he's a nobody, he's a deadbeat, he hasn't graduated. You know, there, there was this big perception about who he was and that he's just one of those kind of people, never amount to anything, this, that, and the other. And I think that tied into also why when the when the girl um, came up dead, the first, that, that girl that was the victim of Vecna and everything, Chrissy. they just sort of instantly believed that Eddie was the culprit, you know? So it all kind of tied into that. I think some of it was is that they judged him wrong, but another part was that that he didn't believe that himself was worthy of being a hero, doing something heroic. He felt like he himself was a coward, you know? Um, So I think... I don't know. I guess that's why it more or less worked for me um, when it comes to that. Yeah, I get that. I get like the elements at the end and all this other stuff. And I get why everybody blamed him and all those things. My problem is, though, is that with the beginning of what you said, where he, he hadn't, you know, done anything actually heroic or brave or anything like that. 
there are very, very few times in just a normal person's life that you truly get to be heroic and or brave. So that's why I don't necessarily personally myself buy into that being the issue at the beginning of the story with him, because that's just kind of accurate to just being a person in general is you don't have the moment to be heroic or brave because most people don't have those options. Most people are rarely ever in a scenario where that's a viable option for them. And so in the instances they present in here where he's like, Oh, I was a coward for that. I get why personally he may have said like said those things. It's just to me, that was the show telling us that he feels this way and that you should perceive him this way instead of actually showing us other examples of him running away instead of doing the right thing or just doing the brave thing or any of that stuff. Because even regardless of his motivation of going into the upside down, even if it was just because the girls went, he you know hadn't yet. He's still brave enough to do it. He, he, he's the one that knows the least about any of it at that point. That to me would mean to me, he's arguably slightly braver than the other three because he knows even less than they do about what's yeah. looking forward to him. And Robin kind of only kind of knows based on the little bit of that aspect from the, the season before. But to me, that's even more brave than them. Cause he just, all he's seen is people get murdered by the shit. So yeah. to me, that makes even, you know, more sense why he'd be, you know, braver or considered braver going into that scenario. Now, also with all that though, going back into what you were saying, Justin, about the town blaming him for everything. I had really big issues with that storyline because a satanic panic again. I understand that this is a little bit more apropos because it's of the time that, that the satanic panic was happening. So to me, that is at least slightly more viable that that is a thing because that's like I said, of the time. But to me, why I felt that that aspect of the story hurt the Eddie part of it is to me the reason why you kill off Eddie the way they did is also to further the fact that they didn't have a way to write themselves out of that storyline. They couldn't think of a way to have Eddie not die in the upside down, live, go back to the regular world, and the town not think he's a murderer. They didn't have a way to write themselves out of it. They hadn't thought of a way to not do that. What's the simplest way to not have to worry about writing something that would actually be difficult and compelling. And unlike other things where they actually, you know, because it's not uncommon for people to throw in the satanic panic and you have the character die or whatever, instead of actually writing away for the story to actually end with the circumstances there. And they always find some other way to do it instead of actually writing a way out of it. They've got no problem writing a character into the satanic panic. No one writes them out other than killing them or some other shit, like some other crazy types of things. That's what they all do. And of course, that's why they did this. And to me that that's slightly lazy because they want all the, the, the fucking feelings of it, but they don't want to actually figure out a way to write themselves out of it. They don't want to write, you know, that other people came to Eddie's defense or anything like they don't, they don't want to do any of that. And so what's the easiest way you just kill them off? 
you kill him off in a way that actually contradicts other shit that the Duffers have said in the past, which ties back into what I said earlier. People need to shut up about their shows sometimes. The Duffers in an interview at one point said that the bats in the Upside Down can't kill things. They couldn't kill you. They could hurt you, but they couldn't kill you. And then they kill Eddie. So what is it? Can they kill or can they not kill? Because you're talking all this game about they can't kill. And yet you're showing me they fucking kill. Yeah. Also, a little bit of trivia and why I think the Metallica scene is bullshit. Is that song only came out. Like 20 days before theoretically that scene in the Upside Down took place. How did he learn that song so perfectly in that amount of time when he's just spent like the last four or five days also on the run? Got that inside track to the the doesn't, good music. Doesn't line up. He was just a fan, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not that much he's of a fan. A big fan. I, I'm huge fan. I'm not the <laughs> hugest fan of Metallica in any way, shape, or form, but I know that shit's hard to get it perfect. <laughs> In theoretically 15 Um, days? Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't come at me with that shit. Walt's also writing the Vecna campaign that you see at the beginning of this. That Vecna campaign he wrote, that took time. Time you weren't playing Master of Puppets or whatever the fuck it was. See? That was a cool scene too, by the way. The basketball. Well, he he had a lot of time. He wasn't worried about school or his academics. So maybe he had just a little more time. Because this was his year. He was worried a little bit. But I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying. You know, I get that it's a cool song and all, and they wanted to do all that shit. But with their accuracy, maybe they should have added another week to that timeline. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bother me. I love that scene. Um, but to talk about something that you said earlier, well, the thing is, I don't know if, well, we're too lazy to write. I, I don't know if that was the motive or not. I mean, by the end of this season, hell, half of the half of the town is the upside down. So uh, it feels like everybody's going to know what the source of this, uh, um, what 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 the source of this problem is going to be. I mean, it looks like the worlds are colliding, and I mean, at the end, it kind of looked like the upside down was was basically coming to Hawkins. So, yeah. I mean, if Eddie had lived, could maybe he had been absolved if it comes down to this big war with Vecna and the Upside Down? Possibly. I mean, you know, because this earthquake that killed all these people and stuff, the 22 bodies, which that must have been the body count that they were talking about <laughs> um, in, in the interviews. And see, this is kind of why. I'm glad that I don't listen to all that insider stuff and interviews and all that kind of stuff. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, it's sometimes just better to just just be surprised. Just go into it. No prior knowledge. Just nothing like that. No spoilers. Just watch the shit. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) that is just way better than hearing this. This editor said this. Kevin Feige said this. Kevin Feige... I am so freaking glad that I just go in and watch it blind. I don't know anything and I don't want to know anything. 
I just I just want to absorb it and take it for what it is, you know, and that's enough for me. And I just wish more people watch shit like that because they might just be a little happier with stuff. Um, <laughs> but I digress with that point. But but all I'm saying is that it looks like the whole the the world might be about to know about the upside down and everything that's going on with that. The way it looked at the end of the season. Now, of course, I don't know. I'm kind of speculating at this point. So, you know, take it for what you will. But it felt like to me that there's going to be kind of this big integration of the worlds. So I don't know how anybody thinks that Eddie was still at fault for this by the time this is over. But, you know, I I, I mean, well, I, I could be wrong. I get that. I get what you're saying. But that plays into next <laughs> season. Whereas in this season, where after all that shit happens and it's two days later, the newscast itself is saying, man, crazy earthquake shit. And in other news, remember that Eddie guy that murdered people? Maybe he died in the earthquake because we can't find him, but he did that shit because he's a Satanist. Like they did, they specifically still called it out after the earthquake, which also, why did the news story not mention, I don't know, the gigantic red glowing smoking cracks in the earth still? That seems like a weird thing to omit from the news. Like, and also, why did they not notice it for a little bit? Why were they just like caught off guard when they just like walked over that hill and were like, oh man, look at the smoking fire cracks. Like they would have disappeared. Like they wouldn't have been noticeable. Why were they caught <laughs> off guard by that shit at the end? I don't understand it. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe in season two, they could be like, oh, look, it was all this other shit. But then also, Justin, that still plays into the whole satanic panic storyline because then they would have a character to go. Yeah, the kids summoned the devil with their their demon cult shit. They were playing D&D and summoned the devil, and that's what's happening in Hawkins. Like, you still have that storyline to contend with, even if the upside down comes to Hawkins. So I still don't think that that's still a way of writing away the satanic panic part. That still plays into it to me. Yeah. I mean, it could. I mean, it could, but it just depends on how they... And that's why I'm saying this is speculation. It just depends on how they decide to do it. I I mean, I don't know how they could have a, a physical war between the worlds and it'd be a secret or it'd be like you say that explained or. But the mind flayer ran around that town and apparently nobody saw it at the end of season three. That fucker destroyed a mall and was running around that town and nobody <laughs> saw it. Yeah. And they did it. Well, people saw it, but then they did a big cover up and all of that good stuff. Yeah. but And you, that's another thing, too. There's a lot of media manipulation and government stuff. So I, I get it. You know, maybe th- this isn't going to end with the truth being told. You know, I, I totally get that. I could see if this is sci-fi shit. I could totally see that happen too. You know, they, they could totally go that route too. Um, so we'll see, but I don't know. I liked the whole satanic panic thing and these people thinking that they're the good people, but really they were acting like animals going and trying to hunt the, this guy who's actually innocent and judging people and everything 
to me, that was like on point. Like that was on point. I, you could tell that that was supposed to be kind of a nod to people that actually act like that. And, you know, oh, these kids play D&D and they go, went crazy. So I liked all of that. I liked the craze town townspeople. I thought that I, it was par for the course. So I kind of liked it. I can understand that. And maybe for me personally, why I am personally tired of satanic panic storylines, even though they're still, I guess, relevant because there are people today still doing that shit. I guess the reason why I'm tired of it is because I, I personally, I've lived through it myself already. I've already like, you know, growing up in a very conservative Christian place and, and, and being described as a non-believer, if you will, you already get that shit. You know, I might, I might technically be a Satanist now, but even then that's all misconstrued and that's somewhat on purpose, but you know, you just growing up as somebody of no belief in, in, in that small town and playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering and stuff like that, like, and listening to heavy metal music and all that other stuff. Like growing up being that kid, yeah, I've already kind of lived that. I've already lived people just calling me a devil worshiper, blaming shit on me, this and that and blah, blah, blah. You know, that was that was my fucking childhood. And now, granted, it wasn't that anybody ever success, like, you know, suspected me of murdering somebody and some Satan gold. Like, sure, I never had that. But like, I've, I've just, I've personally experienced the satanic panic, even in my own way. You know, even one of my own fucking, like, you know, the person that was on my birth certificate as my father, who may or may not be, that's a whole other story. But he was the same way towards me about it. I'm his fucking kid for all we know at the time. And to him, Magic the Gathering's a fucking demon game that means I'm going to be an arsonist and a murderer and worship the devil. And to me, as a little fucking kid, I'm like, this is a fun little fucking card game. <laughs> you know, I don't even get the benefit of the doubt with one, you know, with my own parents at that point with some of this stuff. You know what I mean? So like, I've lived through all that, been through all that. Like and I said, not to the same degree, but it's. And it's just it's still to me, it's it's tiresome because unfortunately, that storyline's the same every time now. Like I said, granted, at least it's not, you know, dated because, you know, it's still happening today. Satanic panic has been pretty much around since like 1975 and never really went away. It just took different forms throughout that. Now it's back to the traditional satanic panic. Now it's back to everybody's demons and devil cults and shit. They, you know, they at least got back to their roots. I'll give them that. But Part of me wonders if, I mean, because I know you've talked before on here about how like you're you're not interested in like characters that, in a sense, like where you've kind of lived that life. So I wonder if maybe with Eddie for you, you're like this is boring to me because I I know what this is like. <laughs> so maybe that's why you didn't maybe you didn't care as much because you're like this isn't a new and interesting thing for me. So I don't care about it as much, you know, but for other people that didn't deal with that, I think that's maybe why it, it mattered a little bit more to them. Because if, if you're saying this is something you've kind of dealt with as far as 
you know, like, yeah, yeah, same old, same old. This is how people are with it. Maybe that's why, you know, you're like, yeah, Eddie's fine, but he didn't stand out to you and it didn't matter because you didn't like that storyline, you know? That could be fair. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah. I yeah. tend to, to I mean, be bored of storylines that are, you know, straight white people. That are just what you would call yourself. Yeah, because you're yeah. like, I, I live my life and I don't want to see that because that's not interesting to me. So maybe, I don't know. But well, that just made me think of that. Um, but, well, here's my thing, though. Like, I actually, I actually do understand the Eddie love. I loved Eddie. Thought he was a great character. He was one of my favorites this season. And I think um, I understand the whole justice for Eddie thing more than justice for Barb because he legitimately like was treated as like this town pariah to these people. You know what I mean? So unfairly and unjustly and for no reason. So I actually do understand the whole like justice for him this season. And I also understand more this season why people are so up in arms and upset about his death because he's probably one of those first characters that's only in it for a season that actually was the most involved with actual main characters. I mean, you have Bob who was sort of connected because he was dating Joyce, right? And so he had that connection with Joyce and, you know, Will and Jonathan. but this is the first character where he's like, no, he's actually part of this school where these kids go. He's in the same like D and D club with them. You know what I mean? He lives next door to max, you know, like he's just a little bit more closer to everything because of that. And he had actual like established relationships with these characters before we see him. And I think that's why this one makes more sense to be like, upset at his death i mean especially when you think about like his you know relationship with dustin in particular even even mike to an extent but you know and i i think that is why this season and eddie in particular makes more sense to be upset about him dying um than any of the other you know one season characters that have died in my opinion you know what i mean and i think He's just, there's something I know for a lot of the show, he's kind of like on the run or hiding out. Right. But, but some of um, the moments when he's not and the moments when he's in like the ensemble and he's with the other group, like Steve and Nancy and Robin and Dustin, that was an excellent like grouping of people and just how he played off of them and his riffing with them. And he's very funny, but I think, he I I feel like his character was really just like I know what this town thinks of me so I'm just gonna let them think it and really play into it that's what it kind of seemed like he was doing at the beginning was like that's what you think of me cool I will let you think it and I will have fun trolling you about it you know but then you just see these intimate moments that he has with individual characters where you're like that's not really him like even bringing Lucas's sister into the club and he's all like nope not doing it And then he's like, I like this kid, you know, and he's like happy for her that she wins. And he's just like, you know, this is why we play the game. And he's actually just a very nice person, but he's just got this reputation that he's like, they're going to think what they're going to think. So whatever, I'm going to give him a show. You know what I mean? And that kind of was his whole thing. And he, he kind of built his interactions and his attitude about things, I think around that. But 
I, I don't know. There's just something so likable about him. You know what I mean? Like there's some kind of charisma or charm or something to him that just makes him so likable, you know, because he's just very like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, this sounds all crazy. I know I sound crazy, you know, and I'm like believing these kids and what they're telling me, you know, there's just something very, I don't know, very likable about his particular character and personality. And I think that's why it sucked so much when he died. I'm actually still in denial that he died. I, I refuse to believe it. I'm, I'm rewriting my own ending. He's alive. Him and Dustin are chilling. That's my ending because he deserved that. <laughs> I am in denial, deep denial about his death. But, um, you know, it, because it's also that's why I think people were so sad to at his death, because you just see how like he was like, I really wanted to be this person. Like like you said, Sterling, where he did kind of care. He's like, I want to graduate. I want to be done. I want to get my diploma. This is going to be my year where I do something, you know, and, you know, I think there's something relatable about that where you're just like you make all these plans and and then you you just want to prove everybody wrong and prove to yourself even that you can do these things and that's i think what he wanted you know he wanted to prove that he was more than what people thought he was and i think there's just something very relatable about that and um you know and i think that's why he was so fond of dustin because he I think he saw a little bit of himself in Dustin, you know, um, or maybe just wanted to at least guide him to be like, you know, how he's telling him, like, hey, don't ever change who you are. You know what I mean? And I think he was just saying that because I don't think anybody ever told him to just be himself. And I think that's what he was trying to do for these younger kids. And you know what I mean? So I just I don't know. He was a very animated and like super crazy person. <laughs> But he he had this passion and he had this like he he had like the heart of gold. He was like the the bad boy with the heart of gold type of person. And there's just there was just something so likable about him. And so I I get that. And like it was just honestly devastating to watch Dustin, who's like the most precious cargo on earth, just like watching him, you know, react to his his buddy's death. Like that's terrible. So and and I think that that is probably partially more what made it so sad was just watching Dustin react to it. Like that was unbearable almost. That was terrible. But you know, I think that's why I I get the love of Eddie. I, I get it. And you know, he, I mean, even in that first episode when you kind of see him, even with Chrissy, you know, when he's just trying so hard to make sure she feels comfortable, you know, especially considering what they were, trying to do like you know buying drugs and whatever that why is he randomly carrying a lunchbox of drugs around I don't know that's weird but <laughs> in either case you know like he was like I don't want her to feel scared I don't want her to be afraid of me or what she's doing like he he really went above and beyond to try to make her feel comfortable and that's what he did with the D&D &D club and that's you know what I mean I just feel like that was there, there's something very um, lovable about a character that does that. So, yeah, I think I, I get it and I understand it. But, I mean, I was kind of 50-50 on if he was going to live or not. I kind of was not not expecting it to happen. So I can't say I'm fully surprised. It was more just the hopefulness of, oh, please don't. <laughs> 
but I understand why they did it. And honestly, like the arc that he had, I do love that he kind of died the hero. But I, I do kind of think, unfortunately, for everybody that this is kind of the story they wanted to tell with Eddie. Like they did what they wanted to do with his character and they they, you know, had a full circle moment. They had a beginning, middle and end of his journey. And so it was in a sense in that way, it was a nice way to kind of send him off, you know. Um, but again, I'm hoping at least next season they'll be able to like clear his name or something because that was the most frustrating thing about it is nobody knew that he like died saving this town and they all hated him, you know. So I think that was the that's my take on it. I just. Yeah, there's and, and it's honestly I can't even explain why, particularly that you're just like, I like this guy, you know, but you just the way he interacts with people. You know what I mean? Like, he's just very much himself to the full degree. And it was just kind of cool to see in the mix of everybody who was already kind of established as friends. So. Um, yeah, I think that with some of that, I mean, it's funny how some people can draw relatability from certain things and certain characters and certain concepts. And then another person can kind of look at it and go, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I've seen that song and dance before and it doesn't affect me at all. But I think that with him, like one of the staples of the Stranger Things show is that they love to take a character and do the 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 don't judge a book by its cover sort of thing. Or they take a tropey character and then they kind of go, wait, but there's more than meets the eye when it comes to this character. You know, Steve was very much the asshole boyfriend when Stranger Things started. But the Steve we have now, but then as they peel back layers and you saw the journey and everything, and by the time that was over, we realized that he was more than that. You know, that that wasn't just what he was. Um, and I think that Eddie is just another good example of that. Typically the metalhead, you know, stoner character, you know, long hair gamer character is, is usually a lot of times is a one dimensional character. You know, they, a lot of times that the way that that character has been depicted or when you see that character in most things, it's they're usually just silly and there's nothing to them or there's, you know, typically a character like that comes with a certain set of tropes. And that's usually what they are. And that's all they are and stuff like that. What I think I liked about Eddie is that it starts off as, as that, you know, you think he's just, you know, he's a drug seller and he hasn't graduated yet. He keeps saying, maybe this year I will. And, you know, he comes off like the first impressions they give you is that he might be kind of this deadbeat, right? You know, he's hang, you know, he's, you know, he's playing the D and D and stuff like that. He's a real facilitator of that, but it seems like in other places, his life wasn't all together. And, you know, like I said, with the whole graduation and everything like that. And now he's, you know, given this, you know, he's selling drugs to this girl or whatever. 
So I feel like initially they sort of kind of, it seems like he's going to fall into just some of those tropes. But then whenever he is talking to the girl that, that, that he was selling the drugs to, they have a conversation and it was kind of charming. You know what I mean? Like uh, my initial reaction to him was, okay, well, that was not how I was expecting this conversation to go. You know, they kind of threw you when they, when he had that initial conversation and talked about, I want you to be comfortable. And they kind of went and he went back and forth with that girl and they kind of had a tender moment. And I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. So immediately, like, they showed me something I didn't expect to get from that character. Then as you uh, are peeling back the layers and you're finding out this story and then you realize that the way the town sees him is not who he is. So there's who he is. And then there's also kind of this inner battle of how he sees himself. And so, I mean, and for me, all of that is relatable. I've never been a metalhead stoner, but I definitely know how it is for people to look at you and judge you and think that you're one way. And really that's not true, you know? So I think that there's real people who can relate to that. You know, maybe you were a goth person in high school and people looked at you a certain way. That person probably can relate to the Eddie character. You know, if you were ever a person who was a little different, maybe you were a little eccentric, maybe a little weird, but and people sort of saw you as you can, you must only be this because you haven't conformed to all of these other societal things. I think that that makes Eddie a relatable character. And then it's just a testament to the actor and what he was able to do with the character and how he was able to hold his own in the scenes with these other characters that we are very much invested in and have had for three seasons. He made an impact. I mean, and I think that that's just a testament to him uh, even more so than the writing. I mean, even if you predicted he was going to die, even if, you know, a, a part of it maybe is tainted because now you kind of have this trend of them introducing a character and then killing that character, but yeah. then choosing to spare other characters that maybe we can make a bigger impact with if we did kill yeah. them. You know, I think that's the unfortunate thing about his death is some of it is going to have that residue on it where some people are like, well, you killed him. He just got here, you know, and you could have killed Max, but you decided to kind of play with that and not do that. You could have killed Hop, but you decided to not do that. You decided to kind of flirt with that, but not really do it, you know, or Bob, like you talked about Bob from that season. Bob was pretty cool. I liked Bob, man. You know, I, I I liked Bob. I thought Bob was cool. But again, it's a character you introduce and then you kind of kill him. So now the series kind of has a, some patterns. And now I think people, by the time you get to the end of this, it's like, I mean, I was fine with Eddie's death and I thought that he went out. And like you said, It was a complete character arc. It was a complete character story. I don't know what more that character was going to do. You know, he kind of fulfilled 
his arc, you know, so at least he got there. But it does present, I think, a problem with how they're doing deaths in this. And I feel like if they don't pull the trigger, if we don't have some significant deaths, especially with the main cast, then it's going to be harder to give Vecna and the upside down stakes if everybody just there are no stakes survives <laughs> right yeah. yeah if everybody just survives i get it i know all of these characters are like all like a testament to the show they're all important in their own way and everything like that but it also feels like you you will start to do the the villain a disservice if he can't yeah kill anybody meaningful to the show yeah, I'm not I'm not even prepared for next season. Like I'm still like, yeah, I, I'm not even prepared for who's going to die next season. And, you know, it's going to be somebody main or at least one, if not more, at least it it should be. Unfortunately, it's one of those unfortunate things where you're like, I get why this has to happen. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want it to, but I get why it needs to kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like, I just. Yeah, I, I have some some ideas about what's going to happen there. But in either case, it's just like, man, I, <laughs> and, but I think you're right. It is kind of a testament like to these these performances too. like um, the guy who plays Eddie. I think his name is Joseph Quinn. He what he brought to that was something special and different. Like he just he was so quirky and weird with it. Like he was just you know what I mean? Like he was a complete maniac with his you know, over the topness about himself yet. I don't know. He, there there was something about the portrayal of Eddie that I think is what really stuck out. Um, But I mean, I, I, I do think that while there are the flaws with the expected and predictable, like, yep, you're going to kill off a character we met this season and things like that with the writing. um, I also do think there's kind of, it's a testament to, the fact that like people love these characters so much and have such a fan base with certain characters is also kind of a testament to like how, how well-written or whatever these characters are, you know, well-written, well-performed characters, like how these characters are brought to life is something different. Like this is like a crazy fan base of people that are like, they're so invested in, in these characters, you know what I mean? And that's what makes it so hard when you think about like one of them or two of them or however many of them are going to die because you know, you've, you've seen their progression and like, there's something just relatable about almost all of them in some way. And that's why people get so like up in arms about any of them dying and their kids. They're so young. They have so much life and whatever, but the nature of this show is, you know, especially with the villain they brought in, like you said, especially with the villain with Vecna that they brought in. It's, it's kind of Thanos level in a way where it's like, there's gotta be some kind of death and some kind of suffering happening here because you don't bring in this big bad for no reason, or you shouldn't, if they did, that would suck. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think next season, it's going to be probably more brutal in a sense, as far as like characters we actually know, dying at the hands of Vecna. That's what I think. But I think it would be a waste of a really good, like powerful villain in this show if they didn't do that, unfortunately. 
the thing is, for me, next season's almost a little too late. Like, there's no stakes technically with next season. You can kill off all the characters. It's the last season. It's over. There's nothing left. You know, so with that, I just don't think that there's any stakes. Who cares if you kill anybody off next season? You know, so. Yeah. I don't know. I just think now it's too late next year. Because it's all just in the service of next season's story. You know, if, you know, 11 dies next year, who cares? It's over. If Mike dies next year, who cares? It's over. Anybody who dies next season, who cares? It's over. It's the end. Yeah, I was totally going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's too late now. Like, it's too late to up the stakes. Vecna can kill everybody but Eleven, and then Eleven beats him at the end. Okay. There wasn't going to be a season fucking five. Who cares? Or a season six. Like, to me, waiting Mm -hmm. till the last season to kill off a main is too late. Also, something I just thought of, how did Joyce get that ransom money? Did they ever explain that? Drugs. (laughs) She probably, yeah, yeah, probably. She and Eddie probably <laughs> ran that town with some drugs. Yeah. It's the 80s. But, uh, <laughs> it's the 80s cocaine. Yeah. Cause I'm like, they never even touch on that. And I'm like, you know, they didn't have money. Like, what? <laughs> this well, is crazy. Maybe they do. Cause Dr. Owens, you know, set them up with the new life. But I mean, she was yeah, selling Britannicas. And I, I'm not going to lie, she wasn't that good. I wouldn't have bought a Britannica. <laughs> You I don't know, care if I had A through Y. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought Z from her. She couldn't sell it. <laughs> I also like in another aspect too. like I just tangents that these things are reminding me of. I think that it was a bit extreme on the amount of bullying that they did to 11 this season. It was so extreme and super hard to watch. Um, I mean it's almost like can this kid get a break and also can will get a break like neither of them can ever seem to get any kind of break with anything and it it honestly was it was just really really difficult to watch that much bullying you know what i mean and and that's the point of it i understand that but in general like i just they went so extreme with the amount of bullying that she got this season and yeah so that's that's something i would have probably done differently not that much bullying you know And then for it to kind of amount to nothing in a sense, because they, you know, there's the whole skating rink thing and she like hits Angela in the face and, you know, yay, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, yes, that girl is terrible. But at the same time, like it's never talked about or touched on again, except for Owen saying, we'll make it go away. Not sure how they were going to do that. But in either case, like all of this bullying in the end didn't even matter. And I don't, did they move back i don't know if they move back but either way it just seems like it didn't even matter after that point like why do all of that bullying to have her be blamed as this monster for it because she retaliated once and then nothing after that about it well i mean honestly i forgot about it by the time the end of the show happened i kind of forgot that was a thing right i mean no it's 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 because it doesn't matter 
in the end, it and doesn't to be fair, matter. You know, Vecna matters more than freaking Angela. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? No, but the thing is, is they dedicate a very good portion of the first few episodes to it to not matter. Setting it up. All, all it is is justification for her to get her powers back. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. That's my straw. Yeah, that was the only correlation I could make was to show that um, she didn't have her powers anymore. And so... And then also she was lying to Mike, I guess. You know, she was writing those letters saying, oh, everything's fine in my life and everything. But really, you know, what we're seeing is a tumultuous life. And then there was, then they hit a crossroads where they had to talk about that. So it has some significance in that way. But as far as that character that was bullying directly, it having repercussions and stuff like that. No, there wasn't anything towards Eleven in that character, but it did have some uh, repercussions with her and Mike. Barely. Yeah. He was barely talking but, to her during that time. I mean, it's as I say, in the end, it's all it, it's just to show her saying it was there. No, no, you're you're right. You're <laughs> right. But to me, that's it. It was maybe to show her desperation to get her powers back. And that's a really about it, though. I just I don't. I think they could have just done it in better ways. It just, it was there, you know, because bullying is a hot topic or whatever. I don't know. It just, maybe, maybe they wrote all that shit just so they could have that scene where 11 clocks are in the face of the skate. They thought of that and they were like, man, all right, let's write some shit to justify her maiming this woman. (laughs) Man, it'd be funny if they really just thought like that. Let's see. We want somebody hit in the face with a with a roller skate. How are we going to get there, guys? But I know y'all Extreme been putting it off, but it's going to happen this season. So how are we going to get there? It also is just odd to me that like, um, and not that I wanted them at all to be bullying Will, but I'm just curious why he wasn't getting bullied and she was. They were both new. They were both outsiders. Jesus Christ. You know, they were both clearly really good friends. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, I wonder why he was not getting the bullying and she was. No, that's fair. I mean, that's a really, really fair assessment. You know, I think yeah. maybe it's because she was trying to put herself out there more than Will was. Will gave Yeah, like she wanted fucks. to make the friends. Yeah. And he's kind of like, I probably should be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Will's it seemed like. like I've got friends. I don't need any here. Right. I only want to be friends with my friends back home. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair to say, you know. Um, yeah, I I just. It, it just is kind of. Sad to just see like how how much effort they put into showing you just the torture that they put 11 through with this group at school, but also in the lab. You know what I mean? And. And just and, and I guess that did amount to, yeah, again, helping her powers get stronger and things like that. But it was just so heavy on the bullying. It was just very, very hard to watch. But um, and, and also, I do think another death that we didn't talk about was Brenner. Um, that was that was kind of significant. Um, it was, you know, it, it was significant for Eleven. And it kind of this one character who's been this daunting, like pretty evil character that you're just kind of like, I'm not sure about him. Like, what's his deal? 
And then you find out his full deal and you're just kind of glad that he's, you know, dead. <laughs> like it's a significant one, but it's not one that you care about in a sense, right? Because you're like, yeah, we kind of wanted him to die. Kind of like Jason. I mean, everybody wanted Jason to die. Nobody cared that Jason died. You know, it's just kind of like the only ones that actually the death did follow through with was the characters that you're like, yeah, good. We don't want them on here anymore. So, you know. And, and they had already done the Brenner fake out death. So. Exactly. I think that yeah. lessens it a little bit too. Right. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I don't want any of these characters to die. You know what I mean? But, and, and another thing too, that was a little bit unfortunate is, I mean, Steve is like a favorite of almost everybody. And I think Steve is great. He's one of my favorites for sure. But I just, I don't actually think he had that much character development this season. Like, I just think he didn't really get, I mean, the only thing he did was his, I want to be a better man and I want to do that for Nancy. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the only real like arc he had in a sense. Would you agree? Well, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but the thing is, is from season one to season four, he's easily had the most growth of any character. That's fair. So they were kind of yeah. like, Hey, let's let this guy coast a little bit. He's a new Let man. Let him just have a good time. Let him coast. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and that's fair because even though he didn't have like, I, I just, I think it's more that he was underutilized. Not even that he didn't have a character arc, but even like in the scenes when they're in the upside down, like, yeah, he's definitely, he did some important things there. You know, like he dived in, he, he made sure, you know, he, he saw what the deal was and, you know, killed some of those creatures. But even at the end, which also an amazing scene, like you were talking about with Nancy, with that gun was such a badass, you know, with her and Robin and Steve, when they set Vecna on fire was amazing. I loved that scene. I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, he wasn't, he still wasn't the hero. They kept saying that too, about like, how he was like, you know, don't be cute. Don't be heroes. And they're like, you know, and Dustin's like, it's fine, Steve, you can be the hero. And he kind of was, but really in that moment, Nancy was the hero. Nancy was the one that got him, you know? And so it just felt like even in the moments when you think he's going to be like, yes, this is Steve's time. It really like he was there and he was helpful, but he was always helpful with the others. Like you never saw him really do anything quite on his own as far as, you know, anything in the upside down to make him that like true hero on his own in a sense. And he doesn't need to be. I just thought it was interesting because he's usually that like super protector of everybody. And he's like, let me handle this. Like I want to do things first to make sure you guys are okay. And, you know, I just, I just expected that they would do a little bit more with him, like one-on-one -on -one destroying something or somebody, if that makes sense. You got to see him get choked. <laughs> you got to see him choked for like 10 minutes or something. That's, all of them. That is the most constant part of his story is getting his ass kicked at some point. <laughs> so. And that's fair. <laughs> and, and again, like he didn't need to have that moment. I just thought it was interesting that they didn't because I mean, and, and it could have just been the surrounding, you know, fans crying at the fact that they thought he was going to die. And they really like so many people played up that they thought he was done for and he wasn't done for, but he also, all of, all of that was kind of like a distraction <laughs> against anything else happening. 
And so I guess what actually did happen with his character, people were like, oh, okay, well, that was it. All right. But he's alive. And that's what that's really what matters is that he's still alive, you know. Um, yeah, to talk about him, I mean, I guess uh, I, I just love his dynamic with Robin. The, the, that's what I like the most about Steve yeah. is I like him and Robin uh, together. I just love that dynamic that they have. Um, and then Nancy, uh, yeah, I, I agree that Nancy had a lot of strong moments in this and probably some moments that that character needed just because I don't think she was as strong the previous season as she was in this. So I, I, I like Nancy wasn't, isn't what I would call a favorite character, but she grew on me this season. I liked Same. her this season. I yeah. liked her interactions with Steve. I liked all of that stuff. I liked the kind of, you know, and I get that Sterling, you're like, oh, I don't want to see the love triangle again and everything like <laughs> that. But I kind of liked the, the, but, but I guess Steve is so charming and she's like the, the back and forth with them. Um, where it wound up, I thought was fine. You know, yeah. um, she didn't just straight up just get to Jonathan and go, I'm done with you. I want Steve again. It it didn't feel like that's what they're going to wind up doing. I feel like it's going to wind up being something different than that. I, I don't know if they're going to wind up together. I, I I get the tease of it, but I don't know if that's really yeah, the if that's what she wants or if that's what the outcome needs to be or if that's the better outcome uh, for the Steve character. But like. But but Steve is just like I said, he's just good in every scene because he's either funny or he's charming or he's just saying something or his reactions to things. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what he's doing. Like to me, he's at his best when the when the material kind of slows down and it's time mm-hmm. to have conversations or his back and forth with Rob, his rapport with everyone. About, yeah. Yeah. Like he's the most fun to listen to or hear or see, talk about things when they're talking about things that have nothing to do with the upside down right. or Vecna or what's going on with the Levin. Like when it slows down and we're getting just kind of character moments, Steve really shines in those moments. He does. And whoever he's with usually shines as well. He has the best relationships in the sense, like any friendships that he has or yeah. Any dynamics with uh, even him and Eddie, that was great too. You know what I mean? Like he just, his back and forth and his rapport with anybody he's partnered with is always very, very good. Yeah. Um, he he's just the ultimate complimentary character on this show. Like it, it seems like anybody you put him with, it's gonna be something, you know. He just feels like you can put him with people and he's gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park. Um yeah, yeah, I think that's the most to say about him. But but I'm glad he, and as far as him dying. You know, I'm glad he's not dead because that's kind of a character where if he dies, there's really something missing from 
the 100 percent that was my fear too when everyone was saying it i was like he's the comic not even the comic relief but he kind of is like he he helps kind of lighten the show his back and forth and his like comedic timing with things going on like that's a really big part of the in the enjoyable the enjoyability of the show if you will so i agree yeah and and his and his ties with the other characters i mean i think you'd really be missing that if he left you know he's just got too many dynamics that are good with the other characters like i'm just trying to look at it from a storyteller standpoint i don't know how you replace him like Max, I could see dying and you still being able to have an effective, you know, there are certain characters where I feel like, like, that's why I'm so pro she probably should have died because you could, because you could have killed her here and then you could have still, she could have still impacted other characters and you could have still like told what I think is a good story. But him, I don't know how you replace him. You know, he's kind of one of those, like, to me, he's just become one of those very important characters, like kind of a, he has to be in it to the end type of character. Kind of a stable. Yeah. 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 Well, to Um, me, he's a foundation of so much because he's, even though like Jonathan and Will are related and Nancy and Mike are related, he joins the, the, older kids to the younger kids better than they do. Like yeah. their familiar relationships don't count as much as him and Dustin and him and Lucas. Like yeah. they seal the deal. Like he, he glues those groups together. Yeah. Better than yeah, they do. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the heart of the show? Anyway, um, <laughs> well, he <it's>, might be <laughs> him and Dustin combined. You can't yes. touch it. hundred yeah, percent. You really yeah. can't. Yeah, you really can't. So I totally get that. that now, I just want to say a little about Vecna. Um, yeah. Because I've been waiting to talk about Vecna, which I think is probably the best thing about this show. Like, or at least the best thing about this season, not the show, period, but at least the season. I, I like that we kind of got a villain that wasn't just a big CGI kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was nice to put a face to this villainy, so to speak. You know, we've had the monster faces and stuff like that, but, and we've had people being mind controlled and th- this kind of thing. But to me, given this villain kind of finally getting an identity of this villain finally getting kind of a history between the villain and 11 and everything like that. I just think that this was some of the best stuff that they did this season. The whole origin story with him, patient one or number one or whatever you want to call him, like all of that stuff. I enjoyed all of that stuff, like the flashback stuff. At first I was a little worried because I was like, okay, so we've got, suppressed memories and we're going back to the lab and all this stuff. And I was thinking, and I was afraid when they were going backwards with 11, cause I was like, man, is any of this going to be really new? Is all of this going to feel too familiar to what we've already seen or what we've already kind of been given, you know, cause we saw a lot of 11 
in the lab with the doctor and all of that kind of stuff. So I thought there was a real challenge to make all of that seem fresh and new or everything like that. But patient number one, I think they effectively did that. Like, I really enjoyed those scenes, kind of finding out Eleven's relationship with that person and how that person ultimately becomes Vecna. I thought all of that was effective. It was nice to kind of give some, you know, some flesh and bone to this, to what we've been fighting. You know what I mean? So I really like that. Also, the way that Vecna kills people is pretty horrifying. Like just the whole thing of your arms and legs breaking and then your eyes going. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't know, you know, you know me, I'm the big symbolism guy, but to me it was just very telling how, you know, he attacks people in their mind, you know, um, some of it kind of felt Freddy Krueger-ish also, yeah, there are a lot of horror nods in this too. You know, there was one time somebody put on a Halloween mask, the Michael Myers mask, and there, there were several horror elements to this. Uh, Vecna kind of looks like a cross between Swamp Thing and like, what did those tentacles remind me of? Um, well, to me, it's kind of a cross of uh, the thing, Freddy Krueger and Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is definitely in there too. Yeah. He kind of was a cross between all those things, but you know, this, this villain that sort of attacks you in your mind takes advantage of some sort of weakness that you have on inside of you, whether it's guilt, whether it's fear, whether it's one of those kinds of things that he can manipulate, but he can't kill you until you have accepted that uh, until you have allowed sort of mentally those things to like take over and in, 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 in encapsulate you. Like there has to be a moment where you give in, where the character gives in and that's when he can sort of really take hold and kill you. And I don't know, I just found it very fitting and, even though it was kind of morbid, you know, I'm always looking at things going, what does it, what does it all, what could it all really mean? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was just breaking arms and legs and just taking people's eyes. But I really thought it was cool that, you know, arms and legs are kind of significant or kind of, you know, synonymous with actions. You know, normally like when you're um, in a bad situation or something like that, you know, normally those things are associated with like taking actions, doing something, this, that, and the other. So I just found it very fitting that this thing, like he enters your mind and he cripples you physically by breaking your arms and legs. And then the next thing to go is your eyes, you know, your perspective, how you see, you know, um, the ability to kind of, see your way out of something, the windows to the soul, like, you know, those things that haunt you, those things that, um, that you can't seem to get past, they overtake you and they cripple you in a sense. And once that happens, you know, once you can't see your way out, you really are dead. So, you know, I think all of that was 
very fitting. I really enjoyed how he killed people and kind of what the 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 motivation behind that was. And he was very intimidating. And like I, I just liked everything about him, man. I liked his character design. I liked um what he did. I like the mental mind games. I really like when he talked to some of them and he would talk about, Oh, is that what, you know, like when he was talking to 11 and 11 was like, um, you know, Papa did this to you. And then he was like, Oh, is that what happened? Is that who did this to me? It was Papa. And then like how he would explain things to people, how he would like penetrate and talk about their innermost fears and everything like that. I really just, loved him. I I thought that he was a great villain. And like I said, I really think he was a game changer for this series because rather than it just being a monster or a spider thing or that kind of stuff, a dog monster Demogorgon thing, this felt pivotal. Like this is somebody who can walk and who can talk and who can manipulate and who can penetrate you in your innermost mind. And I really liked him. And I think that he was definitely one of the reasons why I just really enjoyed this season. I thought he was, I think he's a formidable villain. Yeah. I mean, and I I do agree. And I I really liked the stuff, like the twist that they had where, you know, Vecna is one. Vecna is also Henry. They're all one and the same. That was cool. Like, I think that it was impressive that they were able to pull that off the way they did and people not be like, what? (laughs) I didn't hear anybody be like, that's dumb and doesn't make sense. And maybe it doesn't. But in either case, I feel like the way they revealed it and how they kind of fleshed that out a little bit, it it worked. And for the most part, it worked. My only question with it is when he gets Nancy in and everything, why why does he reveal these things to Nancy and that's it? Like he's not even fully after her. He just wanted to reveal to her his plan and all these things. So I'm one like, was it really just for the purpose of I want to scare you and I want you to just give a message to Eleven? Or I'm just curious, like, what was the point in his capturing of Nancy when it didn't seem like he was actually after her or marking her, you know? A lot of it has to do with what mindset you're in. The argument is a lot, a lot of the people like uh, Justin alluded to earlier, you could almost picture them or look at them as possibly being suicidal. You could look at Max being suicidal. You can look at Chrissy almost being suicidal due to what had happened to them in the past and stuff. You could look at all those characters and almost view them as suicidal. So in, 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 in turn, that's where you have to kind of be. And Nancy doesn't have that in her. Like mm, Nancy worked yeah. through her loss of Barb, you know, so she doesn't have that guilt or those instances of, right. uh, you know, those, those types of uh, holdups or, or yeah. feelings in her. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So, yeah, yeah, he can't do anything with that, but he could still use her to some degree. Yeah, and that's what to he did. Terrify her, which he did. Yeah. <laughs> and he seems to take pleasure in like wearing you down. Maybe he could eventually penetrate like 
the mind of somebody like Nancy. But yeah. that would have taken a lot more time because right. she's a lot more like it's just like Sterling said, she's way stronger minded than somebody like Max was mm-hmm. at this point in the season. And like he said, just the the and like we were talking about kind of the ties into the suicidal. He has to get you to a certain point, your weakest point. And then and it's almost like he knows exactly when he's got you. And then, bam, then he can take hold and basically kill you. But I think mentally you have to be at a certain point in order for him to 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 get you to that point. It's not just fear. It's not just it's like he has to whittle you down to your weakest point. And that's then that's when he feeds. It's almost like it's part of his game. Like, in a sense, that's sort of how I took it. You know, maybe I'm reading into it a bit much, but that's how it felt to me. Like, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, shout out to the Robert England uh, cameo. That was pretty cool. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up, though, it has to do with Vecna. That's why I want to talk about it. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Where. The Duffer brothers went back and changed things. So a lot of people noticed in this season four. That. Vecna, whenever he came for you, there was the clock sounds. And with all that, they wanted to tie that into Will being taken in the first season. And so when you really look at it, they went back and changed season one. That when Vecna, because like I said, they wanted to retcon it and make Vecna be the one that kidnapped Will. You go back to season one now, you hear a clock sound when Will's being chased down and they're like, and a lot of people have gone back and see like, Oh, they thought about it back then. All this Mm -hmm. other stuff. They didn't. That is something they added before season four came out to season one. They've even said so. They even said they added it. And that's the thing. You know, they say the Duffers have said that the whole point of everything was to lead towards Vecna. They said that they've thought of Vecna from the beginning, blah, 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 but they didn't tie it into everything. So don't look at this show and don't go back and find all this shit from seasons one, two, and three. Be like, Oh my God, see, they did this shit. And this is why they're so fucking great. And all this other stuff. No, there's a good chance. What they did is they went back and changed something. Cause they went yeah. back and added the clock noise to Will being kidnapped in season one to tie into them saying that he's like, it's been me from the beginning. It's been me. It's this. And Will's like, Oh, it's him. I know him and blah, blah, blah. That's the whole point. So that's why I'm kind of upset about some of that stuff. Mm, yeah. It's kind of bullshit that people give them credit for that shit. It's, it's kind of bullshit that they do it. That shouldn't be something that they go and do and get away with and it'd be okay. Other shows don't get to do it. Yeah. You're on Netflix. So maybe you can argue that's a benefit of being on Netflix, 
is you can update your shows. Disney does it all the time. Disney goes back and constantly changes shit in their their Netflix or their Disney Plus shows. Mm. They added Doctor Strange to the end of WandaVision. It wasn't there originally. They took out the blood from Falcon and Winter Soldier when the U.S. agent beats that guy's head in. Then they go and add it back because they were like, oh, that was an accident, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of pointless because if you don't even announce it, that you're changing stuff, you don't give people to go back and watch it. You don't give people a reason to go back and watch it other than it might become a word of mouth thing. And that's just kind of unfair. Like. Yeah. And it's disingenuous. Like you shouldn't go back and change these things that people already love and stuff like that. Like we already all watched season one. Some people have watched season one more than once. And now you're sitting there and you're going back and you're adding stuff to it just to make it tie into the fourth season. Yeah. Why aren't you proud enough of the work you already did? You know, they already said they're going to go back and also, I think in season two and change Will's birthday. They realize yep. that they're either going to do it in that scene or they're going to do it in this season. Well, they're going to change one of the two because they fucked right. up and used the same date for both, but they only acknowledge one of them as his birthday. What a, what an odd coincidence, though, <laughs> like for that right? to happen. That they made it like, like two different days. people. Like, And then when people pointed it out and they're like, oh, that's why Will's so upset at the skate rink because it's his birthday. Nobody remembers. And the Duffers are like, oh, no, we didn't remember. <laughs> I mean, and I guess, you know, sure like props for like admitting that and owning that but i actually kind of feel like maybe they should have like it actually would have been better if it it did play into that because when i had heard that theory i was like that makes sense like but then it wouldn't make sense that not even his brother or his mom would have said happy birthday because they totally would have remembered you know so it it doesn't fully play out but i just think that that could have been an interesting thing to add into it you know what i mean but yeah i don't know it was uh it was interesting. No, I agree. It would have been an interesting thing. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I do, I mean, also, like, you had kind of mentioned earlier about, like, the Russia storyline with uh, with Hopper. I I did really feel the same way as far as, like, it was not as gripping to me. And it was because... Hopper is so good with his interactions with the kids and with Elle and with Joyce. And then when you finally get that Joyce and Hopper reunion, it's a great moment. I'll give him that. Like it was a great moment. And, you know, he had some really cool moments too. Like I also, like I said, I enjoyed his friendship with um, Dimitri. Was that his name? I think the the Russian guard. Um, sure. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that dynamic that they had. And, all of these things, but it's, I I feel like the, that's the risk that you run when you're trying to do so many storylines at the same time, something is going to get um, like not top priority as far as like how interesting they're going to make it, you know? And so, and that's why I say it was ambitious, you know what I mean? And it wasn't completely like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just, with what we've seen with Hopper before, it's like, man, I just wanted more of that Hopper from previous seasons, you know, instead of Hopper, almost a broken man away from everybody. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't know. I just feel like that 
that could have been done differently. But I will say I did very much enjoy that um, moment when Hopper and Elle reunite at the end. Okay, so yeah, what you were saying in regards to them making those changes in season one for Vecna. Man, I'm so torn on that because half of me is like, well, we got this cool, interesting character now and I really like the Vecna character. And then the other half of me is just like you with, why did they do that? Just... You know, just be like, okay, look, we came up with this kind of after the fact. We, we Maybe we had one thing in mind, but this was a cooler idea, and we went with it. Okay, you know, if it doesn't all match up from season one, okay, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's the upside down. You, you can, it's not like there's really an upside down. You can do whatever you want. Vecna could die and some man could be birthed out of him like in that men movie. And then he go, I'm the real villain. You you can do whatever you want. (laughs) So why do you feel the need to go back and change? It it does feel a little dishonest. Now we're going to go back and edit this stuff to make it seem like it was there. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Sterling, with the dishonesty of that. And I don't even know if it was even necessary to do. I would have just left it like it was. It's okay to just be like, hey, we thought of something cool. You know, we thought of Vecna after the fact and really liked it and greenlit it. And now that's the villain. And it wasn't going to be that. It was going to be a big flying horse spider, half lion spider horse thing. But now it's Vecna. I'm okay with that. You know, see, and that's the problem with it all is they've the Duffers did say that they were like, oh, yeah, it's we were always planning on it. Vecna being the big bad and they were, you know, and all this other stuff. Cool. You didn't think of all the aspects of them. That's fine. Nobody's really expecting you to. You didn't think of the, the clock entrance until you started writing this stuff. Cool. Everybody understands that. That's fine. Yeah. You know, and you can even argue that he needed the whole clock ritual thing to open the gates. Cause that's what he was doing this season. Cause in season one, the gates already open because of L because L ripped that demigorgon out. True. So he didn't have to do the clock shit to get will in that season. That's a simple enough explanation. That's already built into your universe. You don't have to go back and do this shit because my problem with it is, is too many people aren't going to know they did that. And in turn, Kind of give them false praise and credit for it that I'm sure they'll soak up in a door and all this other shit. To me, it just, like I said, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, dishonest. And it's not, it's not real shit. Like other people don't get to do that with their shows. So quit fucking doing it with yours. Yeah, I get it. You're on Netflix and you pretty much run Netflix now. I get it. You can do whatever the fuck you want on Netflix. But. Actually, just kind of show respect for your craft. Because outside of George Lucas, nobody else goes and does that shit. And, you know, everybody loves it when George Lucas goes back and fucks with shit. That's just a known historical fact at this point. Everybody loves it when George Lucas fucks with his old movies. I just don't even know why he thought that was a good idea. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't even know why if that why that was a necessary thing to do. I just I don't understand. And like you said, it just feels just so we can give ourselves credit and go, look, we're geniuses. We thought of this the whole time. But does it matter? I'm, how much does that matter? Yeah. Because I, I wasn't going to go back to check that either. I wasn't going to be like, hmm, I wonder in season one if they had this clock. Like, that wasn't something yeah. I was going to go back to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm okay with where the story's at right now. This is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's okay. But there are those super fans and those, those people that do want to do that. And that's fine, you know, if they want to do that. I just, I feel like the majority of people are going to be, they they were so enthralled with the story happening that it didn't matter <laughs> to most people that, that didn't line up, you know? Like, what's going to happen? What if season five comes along and it bombs? Are they going to recut it and re-edit it and re-release it to hopefully fix it? Is that going to be the new trend it? of bullshit? <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Just recut. <laughs> hey, guys, you hated season five before, but now watch season five. Try two. Maybe you'll like <laughs> right. it this time. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'll have to change. You have to go back through season one through four and change the tie-ins to the new tie-ins that you created to make season five better. Right. Yep. It's an endless web. Yeah. See, when does it end? You've already done it once. Might as well just keep doing it until you get it right. Yep. Anyways, you guys got any more uh, thoughts on this here season four? Man, there's it's there's just so much packed into it. There's you I mean, we could probably go forever on this, but yeah, I that's all for me right now. I can't. I'm done. I'm tapped out. <laughs> or I could, <laughs> yeah. But I've got no I, I feel words. like there's just yeah, there's just there's a lot you can discuss on different things, but I feel like this is we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good as well. Well, then, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this long-ass episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Facebook, we're Cinema Slayers Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, we're Cinema underscore Slayers. TikTok, we're Cinema Slayers Pod. Uh, YouTube, search for Cinema Slayers. We're there. Uh, give us a a like, subscribe, thumbs up thing. Do all that. Give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love. Uh, Steve Harrington's hair. I was just going to say Steve Harrington. So then it's Steve Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. Mothers (laughs) love Steve Harrington. And they should. He's a great babysitter. Correct. Fantastic babysitter. Mm -hmm. You can always trust your kids with him. They always make it home alive. So trust Steve. Shout out to Mundo Ochoa and Plug Nigo for our logos and theme songs, respectively. And as always, as in the TikToks, the YouTube videos, and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner.
Slayers. Metallica's awesome, and it was so cool that they played Master of Puppets in this. Yes, I love that freaking part. Obey your master. Master. Rock on. Metallica will live forever. Let the metal live on, as Jack Black would say. I can't believe, yeah, we forgot to mention that guitar scene. (laughs) I mentioned it. Well, I guess expounded on it, I suppose. It's because Metallica fucking blows and down in Justin's heart, he knows it. So I didn't want to bring <laughs> no, it up. No, dude. That you just scene need to was see so epic, live. though. You just need to see him live, man. Man, you should have been there in Dallas when they played Master of Puppets. I heard that song live, brother. It was pretty <laughs> rad, man. I don't give a shit it's pretty how you rad. I don't give a fuck if you were in the recording studio when they recorded it, Justin. <laughs> Overrated but, as fuck. But either way, that scene was epic. You 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 don't like any of their songs. You don't like Sad but True. Yeah, I like Saint Anger. <laughs> I can't bring up their the bullshit albums. Why can't you like the good stuff? Like <laughs> one and the Sandman and you know. But nothing else matters. Why don't you like the good stuff? Dude, Ride the lightning. What's wrong with you? Every one of their songs sounds the same to me. It's either one of their slow songs or one of their heavy songs. That's the only two types of Metallica songs I know. It's either heavy <laughs> or it's slow. Or it's on the St. Anger album and good. That's all I know. Oh my god. Man, how could you say this about them? Either way, a great scene. Man, everything they touch is gold. Even that, even that documentary, the Metallica, what was it called? Um, some kind of monster. That was good. Oh, that yeah. was good you, about you, them the, breaking the documentary up. Documentary about making their one good album saying anger. I agree. Oh <laughs> man, come on, dude. Come on, dude. You're doing sure, half man. my work for me, Justin. Just right back to saying anger, real quick. <laughs> Quit saying that. I'm just saying that's when that documentary was about making their good album St. Anger. They were like, hey guys, let's make a documentary about this album because this is the only time we're ever going to be good. And they're like, yeah, we agree. We should definitely document this. These, these are Hall of Fame musicians. These are Hall of Fame metal art. Who gives a fuck about that? <laughs> Elvis is in the fucking Hall of Fame and he didn't do shit. Who cares? They got inducted. Do you know how many kid fuckers are in the music, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You really want to get into that being a fucking honor or not? But that's a false equivalency. Metallica's in it just because their music is good. That's all all we're talking about. Yeah, they got inducted into the Hall of people that are also kid fuckers. Way to go. Give them a round of fucking applause to that. Who gives a shit? I don't want to talk about the children. I'm just talking about <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> you know, it's sad yeah. but true. Yeah, Justin. It is sad dun, but dun, true. Dun, There's a ton of kid fuckers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sad but true. You're 100% well, correct. We are talking about exactly what the fuck you want to talk about. Well, that part I'm sad about. But the part I'm happy about is the wing and the section where it's just about the music. And that's where Metallica is, buddy. 
You, they will live on, Sterling. You know right? Do yes, you understand you right. that they are, are a metal band? Do you, you are one hundred percent right. Live on. Do you understand that you can't stop the metal? You are one hundred percent right, Justin. That people will Justin, rock until the end of me, time. Let me give you credit. Let me give you credit. They will Justin. ride hold the on. lightning hold of on. the metal, and it lives forever. Justin, oh man, let me give you credit. I wish you could see my face. You you are one hundred percent right, Justin. They are in the wing about the music, and that re- a lot of that music written by kid fuckers too, Justin. Oh, and they're in that wing. You're 100% yeah. right, Justin. That's the wing we'll talk about. <laughs> Show your pride in that ring, Justin, or in that wing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Justin. Show it. We want to go to the wing where it's just Metallica. That's it. Nothing else. No, no child, any of that. Justin, we don't want that. you have to walk just through that one so wing, many that kid one fucker corner. exhibits to get there, Justin. It's not even funny. Man. Oh boy. Why did I do this? They don't have to the Hall of Fame. You need to write a letter to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and go, hey, do you have a tour of your your site that avoids all the kid fuckers? And they'll say, no, it'd be impossible. Oh, man. I kind of want to write that letter. You should. It'd be justified. What path would I have to take in order to miss all (laughs) of the. And they'd say it's impossible because right, we designed this poorly <laughs> and you would need a teleporter in to do so. <laughs> Man. If Metallica was here, they'd rock and you'd like them. If you met them, you'd like them. I think if you sat down with them, I think you really like them, Sterling. And you, you'd, they would sing something and it would be your favorite and you would like them. I'm quite sure of it. They'd be like, hey, Sterling, you have any requests? I'd be like, yeah, can you play that uh, St. Inger song? I like that one. You know, the one hit you oh. had? Oh. <laughs> that just reminds they- me of that scene from Psych where um, What's-His-Face had uh, the Tears for Fears guy just like on retainer and he just had him play like one song <laughs> all the time. Yes, in Sean 2.0. That's the one after yeah. that. Or is it Sean 2.0? The one, I think it's the I one know. after it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Justin, I mean, I, I could either that or I could ask them to play their, their one song from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. You know, the best of Mission Impossibles. Stop it. Just <laughs> please. Stop but Justin, it's Metallica. It'll live on forever. <laughs> Right up there with Unforgiven too. Oh, stop! That'd be the playlist I'd have Metallica play, and it is I'd Unforgiven go, one. I go, only go one. Metallica. Are you taking requests? And they go, sure, Sterling, for you. I go, all right. Can you play Saint Anger, followed by the Mission Impossible two song you did, and then follow that up by with Unforgiven two? And they go, you want just Unforgiven one? Be like, nah, skip that one. Unforgiven two, please. I'm imagining yeah. you having this conversation like while you're in front of Vecna about like, no, we'll skip all these. <laughs> Hold on, Vecna. <laughs> Give me a second to find the right one. <laughs> I'm just saying, Justin. We can go down Vecna that Metallica road all you want. 
Vecna would wait. He'd go, oh, Metallica, they rock. Or how he talks. Why would he like Metallica? <laughs> that's how his bats, that's how he got defeated at the end of this one. It's partially because of Metallica, Justin. He wouldn't like them. So well, maybe not wrong. that song, but you're wrong. You're he wrong. definitely you're likes wrong. He definitely likes the Sandman. That's his thing. That's no, his not. favorite song. If he trapped himself, he would play the Justin, Sandman. His th- favorite song plays all throughout this fucking episode. His other one. It's the second one. Damn it. You got me on that. <laughs> you got me on that. Okay. His favorite song is not Metallica. Okay. But maybe like, you know, if you told them you can't pick that one, you got to pick another one. Then he picked the Sandman. There you go. Did the, did enter Sandman come out before 1986? No comment. Just saying he probably like, even in the next season, if he dies, it'll probably be before technically Inner Sandman never would have come out. Damn it. I'm done with you. I'm done. Don't don't try to come up against Sterling, the ultimate Metallica hater. <laughs> that shouldn't even be a thing. I know you have all your Metallica love powers, but that's nothing compared to my Metallica hate powers, Justin. They're, they're, that shouldn't even, nobody should hate them. Come on, they're in the Upper East, left, most purest part of the Hall of Fame wing. That you have to go down the Hall of Kid Fuckers to get to. Damn it. All right, Heather, Heather looks like she wants to go to sleep. So. <laughs> I'm a little sleepy, yeah. We'll end this. Just, you lost this round, Justin. You lost this round. I'm out.